Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? An amazing episode with the incredible, hilarious uh, Shannon O'Neill. You may know her from the Chris Gethard Show, which I highly recommend. And the wonderful Chris Gethard, who's been on the uh, podcast several times, is a uh, dear friend of mine, and his show's amazing, and Shannon is amazing on it. Uh, apart from that, I've also known Shannon as a wonderful improviser through my whole time in New York, and she remains a huge staple, and I believe she even refers to herself as the kind of mama bear of that scene. And it was just such a wonderful insider, perfect glimpse into improv and comedy and a very interesting life as well uh, with Shannon. So let's get to it as quickly as possible. I guess it would have been quicker to not say any of that because there's no ad, but I wanted to give a nice intro. Why am I explaining myself? Enjoy Shannon O'Neill and and get into it and go to PeteHolmes.com if you want a t-shirt or something. I don't know. What do you need? What do you... Get into it. Yeah. Shan? Yo. Hi, Shan. Start rolling. <laughs> Do you listen to the show? Yes. <laughs> I'm honored. How are you? I'm good, good. How are nice you? Nice to see you. Good to see Shan, you. Shan, I am afraid of saying it wrong. Loose. 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 Good to meet you. I should have just said it. L-U-Z. Can I not insult you by saying that's my dog's name? Oh, yeah? L-U-Z? L-U-Z. That's weird. I've never heard of a... Oh, would you shit here? We, we shit here, Shannon? Sit, y'all shit here. Look, I shit here last time. OMG! And Gethard sat here. Yep, so congrats to you. <laughs> Lose, which means light. It means Correct. light. Yeah. yeah. Usually, a uh, Jack Russell mix. Uh, I've only also met humans. Lose is not a beagle, Jack Russell. No, you are not. You are an adult man. male. Can you use this Possibly one? Possibly I'm trying to get us like this. Yes, how do you want me to sit? You tell me. <laughs> Where do you want me? Right there. Right here. A Larry here. Bird shirt. Yes. If a man could look like the 70s and 80s. This guy's the best. It would be Larry Lawrence. <coughs> Lawrence Falcon. <laughs> That's I call him. Uh, well, here, yeah, let's put these on. Cool. Cool. Left, right. So if you can, just, you know, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Which one's me? Great. Yeah, turn it. Turn it and burn it. Did you ever wait tables? Um, I, one time... Why do we both sound like Skeletor toys? We do. <laughs> do you hear that? Yes. Thunder, 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 <laughs> thunder, cats. It is very... It's weird. Liz, is, are, you, are you hearing that? That we're, we sound like uh, Skull Mountain? <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, just Google Skull Mountain real quick. <laughs> and then help us with the sound. Oh, he sounds great. He sounds great. Luz, you sound great. We sound like we're stuck in the internet. Yeah, we're in the internet. <laughs> we're gemberling right now. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are two gemberlings oh, stuck in the... Oop, that's oh, better. Oh. I like that. Yeah. Yes. yes. I am so honored. Uh, did you ever wait tables? That's what I, I was going to say. I'm honored you listen to the show. You're so welcome. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. But Very let's, excited. Did you wait tables? Did you? I never waited service? tables, but I did go in... Glug, 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 glug. I have a chest cold, so I don't apologize because it's I'm my sorry. body, my choice. Um, I'm pro cold. Cool. Yeah, you got to be pro cold. <laughs> don't. I don't even fight it. No. Oh, me God. neither. I will have this for three months. 
Um, I what's it called? I went in for an interview mm. for waiting tables. My friend Holly Ann and I at the Bob Evans in Fraser, Pennsylvania. Oh, are you so from now, Pennsylvania? I'm from outside Philly. Yeah. I met someone yesterday uh, from Pennsylvania, and my first question was, "Is Pennsylvania terrible?" And then she said, "She was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I've had bad Pennsylvania experiences. Pulling off, seeing. She said it was Philly, Pittsburgh, and Alabama in between. Have you heard that? No, I've never heard that. Oh, no. <laughs> Here we are. Who is this woman? <laughs> you know, she makes maxims. She makes idioms about." Uh. Uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, no. I've pulled off at bad parts of Pennsylvania. Well, Not if you're bad. on, a, are you on like the turnpike? Yeah, I'm the off? turnpike. Yeah, I'm the judging. Turn, I'm, you can't judge by I'm the turnpike. Judging it. I'm ju- the turnpike is not beautiful. No. It just goes all the way across. Yeah, it's gross. It's a terrible drive. And it's all Arby's and cheeses. Yes, and, and Starbucks's. And, Starbucks's. and Yes. So, yeah. yeah, that, no. You got to get off the turnpike. I like Philly. Philly's great. I've never, I actually did not spend, even though I lived outside Philly, did not spend a lot of time in mm. Philly Why? proper. Homebody? Mm. Yeah. I was just telling Sweet Lady Val today, we were w- going for a walk this morning mm-hmm. with our dog, and we're, it's perfect weather, mm-hmm. so thank you for saying This sec- morning it was. It was it's yeah. starting to get Now humid. it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's already turned, Yeah, but there was a sweet pock in the morning where we walked, mm-hmm. and we were like, this is great, and then she's like, we should do this more because it's about to get so hot that you can't do anything, and I said, that's one of the things I loved about living in New York, was there was debilitating weather. Mm-hmm. It would be so hot or so cold and snowy that you were like, yep. Oh, I guess I have to do my favorite thing and do nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, I love a rainy day. Ooh, rain. I love a rainy day. It's like God whispering, sleep in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Blankets? Yes. Love blankets. Pillows? I have too many pillows. Lots? Lots of pillows. <laughs> yeah, I probably have like four pillows. And what is it? Like, what's your uh, motivation? You love movies or you just love... Reading, you love... Napping. I love to sleep. A good nap? If I can sleep, I will sleep. Really? I don't get a lot of sleep now. The, nowadays, but Why? I... Because it's just my job. is just a lot. At the Chris Gethard Show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Gethard Show is the easiest job I've ever had in my life. Is it? Oh, yeah. But it's... But that's... No, that's like easy. No, like the uh, being artistic director at UCB. Oh, that's yes, the that harder job. job. Yes, yes, yes. Love it, love it. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. like right... Especially right now, we have the Del Close Marathon coming up. So uh, that is... When is that? End of June. I was just reading about. Did you? Are you aware? There's like this improv improvisers Wikipedia, and there's this like huge entry about you. Sure. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Improv Improv Resource Center Wiki. Is yeah. That what you're on. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I got to read all about your antics. Oh, and there's stuff in there that because anyone can edit that. Is that how it just like there's a stuff in there that makes me laugh, and I know I can be like, I know who wrote that. Really? I know who wrote. that. I was wondering if you read it because it's funny and it's opinion. It's like Shannon had quickly established herself as one of the most fucked up minds. I think Gethard wrote some of it. Uh. I think he did. I think Gethard went in and wrote some of it. Yeah. And then there's some of me. There's something about me on like a on one of my Herald teams. I forget what it says about me. I have a terrible memory. I, I, think, I, I just read it, so I can, if you give me any ballpark. It talks about it like, you drinking tequila. It uh, talks about you showing your asshole. Okay, that was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I have follow-ups about that one. <laughs> We're just showing assholes? I would, yeah, I would moon people all the time. Very tricky, though, to just show the asshole. I mean, vagina's right there. Yeah, but if you got, like, a chunkier butt, you can hide it. <laughs> That's the main perk. That's the main perk of, of the chunk. chunk. Butt. Yeah, chunk butt can hide the V. <laughs> no, you, you, you can, you know, you squat a little bit when you pull your pants down. Yeah. I'm not, like, bent over straight-legging it. I see I'm what not you're a, saying. I'm not, stripper, I'm not strippering it. 
You're squatting. It's a squat. Dr- a decidedly un- it's a squat drop. It's not a sexy position necessarily. No, I remember there was one time, and then they <laughs> did a follow up. I, I think it was like a party. It was like when we used to be able to have parties at Chelsea, and there was just a big metal tub of like I, of uh, that there was like a, a keg had been in it. Or a, I think a keg had been in it, and then it was kicked, so they pulled the keg out, and there was just like a bucket of ice water. <laughs> and I was drunk enough that I just was like, ah, and I like dropped my pants and like no. dipped my butt in it. No, and, did it uh, sizzle? Uh, no. I wanted the thing that it sizzled like uh, <laughs> yeah, sizzling like rice soup and a yeah. Chinese rice drop soup. What am I thinking? Anyway, I don't know. Anything. And then, <laughs> and then later after that party, um, uh, uh, Casey Wilson and uh, June, uh, Diane, Diane. Raphael. Raphael. <laughs> um, they had like a show running it. Um, the uh, Road Hard and Put Away Wet, I think it was. Uh-huh. Great, great sketch show that they did. And they came up to me at one point and they were like, We saw you do that and it was so inspiring. Inspiring? That you something like that. Lowered it was your ass into the water. Like it was something like that. I think oh it just my like God. probably does this woman being a complete asshole. Sure. And just like, Okay, dudes, I can fucking be a douche too. You oh you mean like a, in a gender way? Yeah, I think probably yeah, just being like that's no, people, badass. Like wait, no, yeah, like that's badass. Like Chris that was Farley. so cool to see you just like not give a crap. Exactly. Yeah, we do. It is mostly men that get the, <laughs> the glory for. I'm thinking of Chris Farley. We're like yes. pretend vomit in your mouth and uh, mm-hmm. hang his ass out the window at Thirty Rock and all these things. You don't have. Even like a Melissa McCarthy, there's no story who's kind of like a Lady Farley, I suppose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. She, there are no stories of her like lighting her armpit hair on fire or anything. Right, right. So you're trying but to maybe fill that yeah, vacuum. Yeah. Fill that vacuum. <laughs> that oh, was, yeah. I did all sorts of stupid uh, stuff. Like why did you could, vomit? You were drinking I, tequila. Oh, that was a that was the, the first Del Close marathon that I ever participated in, which <laughs> is probably 2001 or 2002. Mm. I think it was 2000. It was 2001. Mm-hmm. It was. And um, it was a 6 a.m. show, <laughs> and it was called Substance Abuse, and it was my indie team, my indie improv team. 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. Should be called, let's, let's fucking not do this. <laughs> well, you, oh, man, getting a 6 a.m. slot, though, you're like, fuck yeah, man, I got into Del Close Marathon. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, what sure. the Del Close Marathon is. You just, like, stay up all night. Yeah. And it was 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. It was my improv group, Toast. Um... And uh, I'm going to forget other names, but like Bob Wiltfong. You know, do you know Bob Wiltfong? Wiltfong? Yeah. That sounds like if he you don't was... want to tell us your name, Bob, I mean, like, don't make yeah, he up did. a name. No, that was his real name. He changed it because he was a newscaster and he changed it to something else. Oh, really? Like, while he was a newscaster. And then he went, he reclaimed. He used, he used it as a comedian, yes. Yeah, so and he, he returned does. to Wiltfong. Yeah, but it was like Bob and then Amy Rhodes. Mm-mm. No? Um, um, unless, unless I do now. Yeah, I no, no, you may, no, don't have anxiety. I don't. I don't know how long you've. I don't know how long that you've. Uh, well, I came to New York, New York in two thousand four. Oh, okay, so, no, yeah. that was, it was it was before you. Yeah. It was like a bunch of people, and the idea was it was like, oh, we'll do a show called Substance Abuse, and and we'll all have a different substance, <laughs> and we'll improvise, and then anytime someone shouts our substance, we have to do it. Oh boy! So I chose tequila, oh, and no. I was like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and then other people like well, someone had Manischewitz. Someone had like Manischewitz. I'm the one that committed to this. <laughs> this is where the story ends up. Someone had like diet pills, but they just had candy. Someone had man cum, but it was just um, like Domino's Dippin' Dots. Cream what did you or like, But it was just semen. But it was just it, it was wasn't just man cum. It was no, semen. It was, it was a, just semen. Semen fluid. It was poor semen. Um, and I forget the others one. But this was 6 a.m. Saturday. The show was supposed to be. But I was interning Friday night, so I had my intern shift till like 2 a.m. Oh boy. 
And then right, and I was being good. People were like being like, hey, you want a beer? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm interning. I got to be focused. I can't fuck this up. Take it very serious. And then like a little after midnight, Amy Poehler came in and she was like, hey, Shan. I was like, hey, Amy. She's like, you want a beer? And I was like, yep. Because she was cool, Amy. cool lady. Yeah, yeah it's cool lady yeah, yeah, Amy. Yeah. Cool lady Amy. So I took a beer. CLA. And then that was like, and then it was like a gateway. So by the time 6 a.m. came, I was hammered. You were already drunk. I was already hammered. Yeah, Isn't it was blackout. Good... I was blackout. Oh, really? Yeah, I, there's only like flashes I remember, but I don't know if I honestly rem- truly remember it because I have seen footage of it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that footage popping in my head. Oh, your brain went, oh, yeah. there's the Yeah, so I don't know key. if it's my brain that's taking it and being like, oh, you do remember. Right. But there was a, yeah, so By I, the way, that's a big fear of my life is that my mind, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I think I had a past life and then I realize it was just there will be blood. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, I've told stories and been like, that's not my story. Yeah. <laughs> and then you remember whose it was. Or a video game. Video like game. if I play a vivid enough video game, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I was looking for a piece of gold by this creek one time." <laughs> no, <laughs> like I, it won't get to the point where I verbalize it. Right. But for half of a half of a second, I'll go, "I was a plumber, and they stole my girlfriend." <laughs> <laughs> Are you high when you're thinking this? Maybe. That's okay. Potentially. Yeah. There's yeah. just too much information at this point. That's what I'm saying. You can't keep track of what is your life and, and how what can is... we separate it? You can't. Was I Larry Bird? So you were you art weren't, man. <laughs> Because he's still he's still alive. He is still alive. Yeah. What's he doing? I don't I don't know. I remember I that. Stop. Fo- I was. I'm a huge. You do not, follow him? No, I'm a huge '90s basketball fan. Oh, it was '90s. This is like, the. This is a, I mean, this is a he current looks shirt. Like the '70s though. No. Oh, like he was '80s. Like early '90s is when he started to go. Like Dream uh-huh. Team, which was '90. Was that '92, '94? It was '94. Whatever. Was like, that like Dream Parrish Team was and his, McHale? The Dream Team? Yeah, Dream I don't Team know was what that the means. Olympic basketball team. Oh, sure. When they first let professionals. Just when I thought I was understanding one thing about basketball, you bring the Olympics into this. No, it's when they first allowed professionals to go to the Olympics, and it was like, it was Barkley. America was like real good. Yeah, they destroyed. Jordan. Yeah, Barkley, Jordan, Pippen. Um, oh, my God, can I name them all? Uh, John Stockton. Stocky. And Carl um, um, Malone. Your aim is to And. I bet I can name one. Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Ewing. Um, Patty Hughes. And then, um, oh, everyone's going to hate me. Tim Meadows. <laughs> no, not Tim Meadows. Tim but, Meadows. Uh, Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen was another one. My name was Chris Mullen. And uh, Detroit Pistons, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Eyes Tom. There's a bunch. And then they had one um, college player, and that was Christian Leitner. Did he go pro? Christian Leitner, yeah, he went to the Timberwolves. Be weird if he played on the Olympic team and then was just like... No, they wanted to have one college player, but it was like right... He was... I think it was him between... Like, he was about to go pro. Is this where they played the aliens? That's Space Jam. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I can't remember Space Jam. But anyway, yeah. Larry Bird was... That was his final hurrah, was the night... Was the Olympic team. Oh, really? He was so destroyed his back and stuff. So it was just like... But was he good? Magic Johnson also on that team. MJ. I think he came out and probably shot a few threes and then had to go back and lay on the side. Like, he had to lay on his back. Oh, boy. He couldn't even sit in a chair. It wasn't raining threes. It was drizzling threes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. understand. But still good. Yeah, that team destroyed everybody. I remember when uh, I was watching TV with my... He was probably watching the Celtics game and they'd won some big game and they went up to Larry Bird and they were like, uh, are you going to give any of the money to charity? And he goes, yeah, the Larry Bird Fund. And it was such an asshole thing to say. <laughs> what if he actually has a Larry Bird fund? But that's fund what like, I thought because I yeah. was all sweet and childish. And I was like, oh, what does the Larry Bird fund support? And my dad was like, nah, he just means he's going to keep it. Oh. <laughs> Good for him. He earned it. They also called him Mr. Clean. Did you know that? 
Because he... Bathed a lot. Oh. As a child a... in Indiana. I didn't know I knew this about Larry Bird until this moment. He bathed a lot. Yeah. He probably had some OCD. He had like a dark, fa- like a dark, um, a hard life, like, you know, uh, life. Oh, really? Yeah. And turned to bathing. Turned to bathing. But Not shit. drugs. He turned to bathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to make a choice. Yeah. Are you going to go? You're going to be clean. You're going to be dirty. Boop. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good shower. When I go home, showering goes up about 300%. Because it's your alone time. Like, what do you mean when you go home? When I see my family. Oh. I'll be like, I'll, ta- I'll come out of the shower, talk with them for five minutes, and be like, I'm back to the booth. The wet booth where wow. no, where no one's talking to me. a lot. It's great. When you're a kid, it's the only thing you have. You know what I mean? Like, you can go in the room and, like, close the door. I, I had privacy, but, like, the shower was a nice little isolate. Like, Daredevil's from, Oh, bed. but are you, you're from a big family? <laughs> no. But your, par- your parents are still married? Yeah. Oh, that's probably why. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> they were still together. The nightmare. You gotta, have, you gotta have divorced parents. You get a lot of alone time. Did you time. have divorced parents? Yeah. And then you did you get the dub, dub I, holidays and all that? A lot of alone time. Um, a lot of oh, alone yeah. time. That makes me sad. Oh, no, Should good. Should it not? No, not, I, don't, I wouldn't be sad. I was just but loud, I mean, I was like, I didn't have... <coughs> that's a mate. thick oh, one. That was gross. That's a thick. Congrats, everybody. <laughs> You can all use that copyright free for your next sketch show. Have it be your ringtone. Yeah. People yes, will give please you space. make that your ringtone. A wet hacking cough. Shannon's wet hack cough. Dot com. It's already taken. Uh, someone took it. So, um, wait, divorced and alone time. I was just saying alone time's nice as a kid. Yeah, I like it. But I still had, like, it was my friend Holly Ann. We were, like, best friends. So, like, we would <coughs> hang out and then, yeah. But I, like, yeah, I liked my alone time. Were you a latchkey? I was a latchkey. Is this where, like, I think about when I would play with toys and shit. Mm-hmm. And I played with toys. I've said this before, but I'm still mildly embarrassed. Not really. I played with, like, action figures until I was, like, 18. And the only reason I stopped was because none of my friends did and they would make fun of me. You know what I mean? So, like, mm. I remember one time my friend came home and I had all my G.I. Joes on the bed. And I'm 18. I could go to, to the real war. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. old enough to really shoot Cobra. And I have all my guys. And I swept them under an afghan. Like just before he came in, he found him, and then he. So you he played with fun. played with them till you were eighteen. The question I have you, for you, well, go but ahead. I gotta follow. Come oh, on, we gotta please. Talk. You can unpack that. You would, so you would just sit there and be like, pow, pow, like give them no, voices and. Oh yeah, I still will insist that those storylines were very good. I, I actually, I'm not even like saying like. That's lame. Like, you're just... That's like an imagination. That's what I'm saying. Well, that was my that's, question to you was... Yeah, it's like imagination. That's You great. and I both enjoy our imaginations, as Miss mm-hmm. Piggy would say. Mm-hmm. And it, Muppet Babies, Miss Piggy. And then, <laughs> just like the Muppet Babies, being alone fostered... That was like... That was improv, you know? Of course. You're yeah. not, like, scripting it out. And it wasn't necessarily great. But, like, I remember getting that sense of entertaining myself. You know what I mean? And if I hadn't had that, I always sound like Andy Rooney here, but like if I hadn't had that boredom, I don't know, like I went to a summer camp where there was no, there was nothing to do other than entertain yourself. So we did improv. And then when we, uh, when I was young, I, all my friends had like, they'd get like summer jobs and stuff and I, I would just be at home playing with G.I. Joe's. Uh-huh. And I'm grateful for that because now I, we do, you and I both do that. Was that part of your childhood? Do you think you got creative because you were bored? Um, or alone? Yeah, I think it was just like being resourceful and like you just have to figure things out. Like nothing is, if nothing is handed to you, then you have to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. That's what improv is. Like you have to, you don't have anything when you start. So you have to like create your own stuff. Right. And we weren't like, uh, uh, we were like kind of like lower, like, like a little bit, not like poor. Like I had food, 
but heat down to like 50 degrees that you know like oh really like, it was like keep it you gotta like oil's expensive for the heater so you gotta yeah. keep it cold yeah um so Put yeah on. but yeah i would yeah and uh, i would totally uh just figure i used to i loved riding my bike that's also alone time good kid alone yeah, time loved riding my bike and i right behind my mom's house the house i grew up in was a lot of like there's like, a lot of trees so like in the fall all the leaves would drop but a lot of pine needles hmm. and it would be my job to uh, rake those up but my mom would allow me there's like a couple i did for like a couple of falls she'd allow me like i raked um tracks so i made like a bike track around oh, cool. the trees and she would like not walk through it and she'd like let it be so like i would do that ah, fun so that was mom. fun that's yeah. a fun mom oh, my mom was great my mom is great that's really like creative cool stuff and when did it yeah. start taking a funny form for you just in just in school, acting like in, a fool in class. Yeah, I was like a class clown. You were funny in, in the in the classroom. Yeah, because there's that one, and then there's the one behind that one, and there are lots of different clowns. But you were the in the in the spotlight one. So was I. Yeah, yeah. not too much, like enough. Like I was like the kid that um, the cool kids liked me, the non cool kid, like everyone liked me. Oh, you're the hub of the wheel. Yeah, but I didn't. But I wasn't like a partier, so like the cool kids would go and they'd like drink on weekends, and I like that wasn't a thing that I I, I wanted to do. Do you know why? Uh, yeah, just like family history. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, just I'm Irish. You knew you, you had uh, the allergy? Uh, or yeah, or yeah, or yeah, just like, just like seeing like at family parties and whatnot, being like, oh, that seems like that's aggressive. What is yeah. that? And then my mom would be like, that's alcoholism. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I was like, and that's what? That's like, that's when you drink. And I was like, oh, so okay. So that's probably, yeah. So I didn't have my first drink, or I didn't get drunk until um, college. What was your first drink? Well, my first drink was like my friend Amanda, uh, my neighbor, my friend Amanda was like two houses down. Her mom was throwing a party and they had kegs and she was like, do you want to try beer? And I was like, and okay. Said, no, but I'd like no, to I lower did. my ass I into did. this water <laughs> yes. if I may. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I don't know. I was very, I think I, that might've been like elementary school. It was like very young. I just remember tasting it and it was like, oh, yeah. this is disgusting. So yeah. that also helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tasting beer. I remember my first like, sip of beer. disgusting. With my dad or something. And yeah. all, he was always like, this is cool. And I was like, is it? This tastes like rainwater filtered through cardboard. It's, yeah. it's gross. It's yeah. not good. Anything that's an acquired taste, children are right. Yeah, it is, it is disgusting. Give me a cranberry juice cocktail and get out of my face, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. <coughs> but so you, you – I, I, I relate in the sense that I wasn't with the jocks. This is a high school now, I'm assuming? Yes. I but I was also them. a jock. You were? Yeah, I was big. I was like varsity – Basketball and lacrosse. No way. And soccer. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. And so you were in very that group. active. Yeah, I was very active. And then, <laughs> um, so I was like around everybody. And I always, it's I, like funny, it's like fun Shannon. And then it was like Friday, you know, 5 p.m. after whatever practice. It's like, see you Monday, guys. Really? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then, like I had a couple friends, like my friend Amy Culp. And, uh, I know Amy. You know Amy Culp? <laughs> <laughs> there was like a few. And like we would like hang out like every now and then. But I really did. Like I really loved I And it wasn't, it didn't make me sad. Yeah, no. I, I loved it. Like I would be like. I was like, oh, Friday night, I can stay up late and watch Carson and then Letterman. Yeah. Like, that's like, that was like, I looked forward to that. And then right. Saturday was like, my mom and I would sit and watch SNL together. Mm. And then, uh. this, so these are like the things that I was like, those, I love those things. And I would never, I would like, right. would not change it for the world. I didn't mean to put the sad filter on it. And no, but some people do. I, did I think some people I are sad. Yeah. I would, no, I know what you mean. That's why I was just like, oh, I wasn't sad. Don't worry. I right. would also be like, yeah, I was a sad. I could also admit, like, oh, sure. if I was a sad kid, I'd admit sure. it. Sure. Friday night at TGIF. That's Ooh. about. That was me. 
I, w- I would step by step. All of them. Full house. Even the lessers. Yeah. I would consider step by step a lesser. Yeah. That was like a <laughs> trying to be a Brady brunch. A Brady yeah, brunch, I didn't right? care for it. There was that conspiracy theory that Cody was the only one, the stupid guy. Uh huh. Was was a Christian? Remember? Do you remember he had like vague? It wasn't even vague. He was just like, I like the Bible, and like oh. it was this. Somebody, there's an interesting theory that it's a subversive thing against divorce. Subversive. I mean, like, secret. Meaning Mm. the show seems to be in praise of two divorcees with children getting together. Uh But really, it's like, look at the mess that's in in the Maya, in the regular world. If you're going to, like, be of the world, look at everything that's fucked up. And the guy in the van in the back with Jesus in his heart is the only one that makes any sense. And everybody else is just fighting and shit. I have to go back and watch an episode. you you got to take it step by step. Otherwise, you miss the message. (laughs) Yeah. It is right. There's a guy living in a van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a weird show. I guess also, like, that happens. He was. What do you mean? People live in vans in their friends' driveways. People live in vans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it has to be on wheels. Otherwise, you can't do it. That's why people build those tiny houses. You know what I'm talking about? Like, people build, like, a one-room house. Mm -hmm. It's like a – I don't want to say it's a movement. I don't know how many people are doing it. Right. There's, like, a documentary on it. That's the one. Uh And you got to put them on wheels. Oh, are they all on wheels? If they're not on wheels, you can't do it. You can't live in someone's backyard in a house that you built because <laughs> they're like, hey, like with plumbing and stuff. It's oh. zoning. You can't just build another house. Like otherwise you could plow down your house and build like 30 houses <laughs> and just rent them. Right. I, I thought the tiny house thing was just people that had their own land and it was just a tiny house just for efficiency uh, and minimali- minimalism. 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 I think – I think a lot – that might be some of it and I think some of the time they are on someone else's land. And they're like, hey, can I build a house here? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we got there. But I'm mm. trying to – you. so you Step were, by step, the guy in the van. Oh, That's right. how we got there. And you were artsy, sportsy though. I was – yeah, I was a uh, sportsy. I didn't do any um, – and because I was – I did sports, I didn't do any of the play – like I didn't do any theater or acting or performing in high school. Because of sports. Because sports was at the same time. Uh, yeah. I remember I was like, oh, I think that would be fun. I'd like to try out for the play. Mm. But then it was like practice was at the same time. So you, you can't do both. <laughs> so you have to make those tough life decisions. And I liked sports. I liked the team. I like being on a team. You do like being on a team. I love being on a team. And you still love being on a team. Still love being on a team. Is this why you never – or I, I don't know if you ever did stand-up. Did you, were you kind of like that's not really that appealing? No. I, did, I know I did. I did stand-up one time and it was fun. And it was, but it was also at UCB East Village. So it was like my home. Sure. It was like I did it in my house. Right. So it was like very easy in that way, which sure. is like if you're going to do stand up, you got to get out of UCB. And Although you gotta... that's a long, deep room. I still, I don't consider that an easy room. But you got a microphone. <laughs> really? You don't think that's an easy room? I mean, I think with a mic, it's easy. Yeah. Well, you know what? You can't hear. That's why. I get that. Yeah, it's too deep. Yeah, it's hard to... Yeah. I don't mean to put down your, one of You're your You're not homes. putting it down. The Chelsea one Everything is, like, is a challenge. Even oh, like Chelsea is, is amazing. Then you, you got are, those poles. You're There's surrounded every, too. Yeah, Chelsea. you're surrounded. Yeah. But UCB every is venue like has its Every venue has its pros and cons. But yeah. in the end, yeah. you're performing. Isn't that a gift? Uh, <laughs> yes. But well, you did stand up at UCB also. Yeah, and it was it was, uh, it was was fun. But, but, but stand up is... Um, yeah, I don't – I would – it's – you have to have every night, and I get the hard work. Anything that you want to get great at, you got to put in that hard work, and it's right. not something that – I don't like to half-ass things. I feel like I don't want to be like, oh, I'll do it here, and I'll do it there. It's interesting. Because I'm not going to – it's not going to be – It's like an idol uh, comedy, stand-up, uh-huh. all the different – and it, they want 
I, th- I know it's kind of crazy to sound this way. They want your devotion, like whatever yeah. it is. I know I'm making it a thing. It's not really a thing that wants anything. Yeah. But you can think of it that way. Yeah. And there is a, a certain amount of respect. It's like Indiana Jones. The penitent man will pass. You know what I mean? There needs to be like a, I'm going to do this. And you do that with improv. Yeah. Like you, when you, another thing I read was that you take the classes and the rehearsals and the shows very seriously. Right? Like you commit. Yes. You're in. Oh, yes. Yes. When I was on a Herald team. Um, which you have to um, rehearse every week. Yeah, I never missed. A rehearsal. I mean, I say never. I'm sure I did. But I even, uh, I hated missing. I hate I hated if I had to. I would, because um, oftentimes Sundays would be like when there's like family events maybe because like sure. some of my family's in Jersey. So I'd be like, yeah, I can come at noon, but I got to leave at X amount of time because I have this other commitment. Right. Because I was like, I was like, I'm committed to this because I want to get good at it. I want to... I don't want to let my team down because yep. you miss, you know, like if you ever missed a basketball practice and you're going over a play and then the game's the next day, right. and it's like everyone was working on that play and now you're out of sync a little bit. Yeah. So you can really, you know, fuck up the game. So that's, and that's me. That's how I view it. And I know sure. not, not everyone is exactly like that. So I have Especially to. Especially with improv because rehearsing improv, which I understand, by the way, I'm not like, what do you mean rehearsing improv? Right. There are those knuckleheads that can kind of coast in and it's like, fucking Steve, and he's great, and yeah. he didn't show up to rehearsal. Yeah. But I, I was like you. I took it very seriously yeah. when I re- rehearsed with my improv teams in Chicago and stuff, and I would get a little heartbroken that other people didn't take it mm-hmm. as seriously. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is really important. Yeah. And there'd be class or rehearsal, and it would be me and like the teacher and two other people, and you're just like, well, fuck. Yeah. And then the show would come, and me and those other people would feel... More ready, prepared, yeah. More prepared, yeah. Which and sucks. is, yeah, and is also. I had to. I think early on, I was so. I was. <clears throat> I mean, I'm always very dedicated, but I had to learn. There's a part, like a section of my time at UCB where I, I did have to learn of like, oh, I am. I'm just wired this way. And if Johnny Milkshake, Johnny Milkshake's just a little inside baseball, UCB, that's the name we use when we're talking about just a person at UCB. I love it. Joe Wangert came up with it. That's so funny. Kumail and I have a, a gag when we write a script, uh-huh. and you just need a name for somebody. We say Johnny Video Games. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Johnny Joe, Milkshake yeah, is great. When Joe Wangert came up, was working, when he used to run the school, I'm pretty sure it was Joe. It'd yeah. be like if a question came up, it's like, oh, so what if uh, a student is this late? He's like, well, if Johnny Milkshake shows up at two hours into class, then, you know, they can't come in. So it's like <laughs> that's just what you use instead of saying Oh, it. that's great. So Johnny So Milkshake. anyway, so if Johnny Milkshake is, you know, is not like that, I can't – I had to uh, learn like a – kind of like a hard lesson of being like I can't just be mad at him because he's not like me mm. or she's not like me. Mm. It's like I'm wired this way. I'm going to be this way. So if they're a little bit more – whatever, easygoing. It's tricky, Then I have though. to, it is tricky, but then I, I just have to like, just appreciate them. And also let myself be a little bit more at times, be like, oh yeah, I, got, I do have to loosen up a little bit. It's I'm the, getting a little too Believing intense. what you believe for yourself yes. is true is a dangerous thing. Yes, it's exactly. It's believing your own hype. Yes. And it's believing your own brain. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to somebody about the, the theory of slow thinking, this, uh, my friend uh, Fred Applegate, who uh, did a part on my show, and he was telling me about slow brain and fast brain, right? So fast brain is kind of like the mini-mart of your brain, and it's where we keep all the things. Like on your phone, it's where the shortcuts are. These are the things you use all the time. Mm-hmm. And slow brain is your contemplative brain. It's when you're really slowing down and thinking, as it sounds. You know, you're really contemplating something for a long time and forming a new thing. So it's kind of like the warehouse, right? 
But the dangerous thing is like once the mini mart, the quick brain believes something, even if it's false, it'll hold on to it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying being on time is not good. It is good. Right. But you start building up this paradigm in your mind and it really is just an abstraction. It's something you created. But believing that that's how it should be for every person when yeah. they all have their own individual mini marts is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. And the more power you get, you're in a position of power at the, mm-hmm. at the theater. I'm very powerful. Uh, you are, though. <laughs> I, I know. I remember going to the school and being it's very, very weird. intimidated seeing you and being like, I hope everybody likes me. <laughs> and Zach weird. Woods and all the teachers. I have this reverence and still do. Uh, but once you get any sort of power, that is the temptation where it's like, are you going to be the person that this? Mm-hmm. Are you going to impose these values onto other people? Which values should be imposed? Mm-hmm. And which ones are do we have to step outside and then go, that's a me thing? Mm-hmm. And maybe I can even unpack why I believe that. And it might have something to do with my childhood or whatever, whatever happened here, here, or here. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting yeah. thing. Lateness, yeah. though. I, I, I heard that, again, on this page, this page was very helpful. It talked about if someone was late to your class, you would you said up front, you're like, if you're late, I'll call you an asshole. Yes, I did that sometimes. See? So people would come in and we'd, just say, we'd all just chant asshole at the person. I think that's great. But it makes it fun. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is fun. But, but also, like, <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I'm late. So it's like it keeps, it keeps the awkward. It kind of like I think like gets away the awkwardness, gets but rid of the awkwardness. There's something – I'm not trying to force the religion thing. There's something to children playing who can pick leaves and say these leaves are something and make it important. And mm-hmm. that reverence becomes an actual thing. It's not. The leaves aren't really objectively important. But if you pour your reverence into them, they become very important. So similarly, being on time to the thing or rehearsing makes the thing this other thing. It starts to become an object of worship. Yeah. This is very... That's what I would hear like Del Close talking about improv when he would refer to it as thou and try and build it up into a special thing. That, that's why I like those hard-nosed – Gethard was that way. Those hard-nosed teachers yeah. that are like, no, this isn't just a bunch of f- chubby white guys with beards going, <laughs> what if we were at an organ shop? Mm-hmm. It's, it can become something magical. And then when we do that – when when Sunday isn't just Sunday, Sunday is when we go to mass and there's organ and there's incense and it means something. If we do that to improv, it starts to become more magic, right? And that's where yeah. you get groupthink and that's where you get mind, how the fuck stuff. did we do this? Yeah. It comes – there's something to reverence. There, yeah. You can pour it into whatever you want. There yeah. are people like the sushi guy, uh, Hero, Nero, Hero Dreams of Sushi. Hmm. Whatever it is, if you pour a crazy amount of dedication and reverence into it, it becomes another thing. It goes to that next level. Yeah. So that's why I like the teacher that's like, fuck you. This is church. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And have you... Like, learn... Yeah, it's just... You gotta be... If, you're gonna, if you want to get better, you just have to dedicate yourself hard in the beginning. And then you, you find... It's like letting yourself find those times where you can let yourself be late. Yes. Um... Because I remember, like, um, I had, I was a... <coughs> Blessings. Blessings. I was a, still am, I guess, but this was, I've been at UCB 16 years now, so this would probably be, so 15 years ago, around this time, I got on my first team, and we had our first show coming up, and the rehearsal before our very first Herald show, I had tickets to U2, and I'd never seen U2, this is my first <laughs> time going to see U2, and... I was, uh, and I gave them up. You gave up you too. 
I can see the blood running down the altar right now. Mm-hmm. It gave up you too because I was like, no, this is something that is clearly important that I want. And then I actually didn't even think about getting on a team. Back then it wasn't as like um, – I guess at least for me. Like I was taking classes for fun and I was having fun and I was enjoying all the friends I was meeting. And I didn't even – because there wasn't like audition, auditions back then. It was just like, I guess, and I hadn't even learned the culture of it. I was just like, oh, this is cool. Mm. Go to class. This theater's really neat. Like, oh, that person's such a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. Like, I'm meeting uh, very different people that are also very similar. And then I just got like an email one day that was just like, hey, you're on a Herald team. And I was like, mm. what? And mm. I did start crying. So I was like, I didn't think that was possible. That's great. And it was great. So then I was like, oh, this is something that then after I got on it and like I was getting all these things, I was like, congrats, congrats. I was like, oh, wow, this is something that's like, that is like a, a, a huge deal, but right. I hadn't put pressure on it. I hadn't made it a huge deal because I didn't realize it was a huge deal. Mm. So when that happened, I was like, oh, I better take this seriously. Hmm. So that's why I was like, oh, I, you, I'll just go again. I'll see him again. And I did eventually get to see them. Right. You too. Um, but now, like if someone, now that I'm artistic director, I've had people email me and they're like, hey, I got tickets to this concert and I didn't know we were going to have a show. And I was like, yeah, go to that concert, man. You, that... They're like, it's my favorite band. I was like, yeah, go. Like, that band inspired you. Mm. Probably, you know, you probably listen to them when you're sad and they make you happy or, right. you listen, or whatever. I was like, go. Like, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to tell you not to go. That, but that is yeah, But if they wanted right to, now. yeah. That's like, if you want to, if you want to, like, some people do, but yeah. Right. I get a lot of people being absent because they go to see Hamilton now. Oh, really? It's very funny. It's well, like, wasn't at rehearsal. Hamilton. And I was like, hey, everyone can miss rehearsal for Hamilton. <laughs> that show is awesome. I haven't seen it. Oh, great. You saw it? I did see it. I was worried people from the improv world that have seen, like, funny raps and stuff wouldn't be as impressed by it. Obviously, it's amazing. But they're not. It's not, like, funny raps. It's just, like... Good? Yeah, it's good. It's, like, educational. Like, I always... I sucked at history class. And I just was, like, I could never figure it out. (laughs) Um, And then this was, like... I was, like, oh, this is cool. I wish I had... Like, this was something that existed when I was younger to, to, like, teach me and get me excited to then go and get on the internet and then like start looking stuff up to be like oh was this all true or like what was like tweaked a little bit right and start to actually like give yourself that education yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i mean it's like it, i mean there is humor but it's it's also very sad and you like cry and you laugh it's a it's an emotional roller coaster really oh yeah wow mm-hmm. i've been wanting to go have you you should download the soundtrack i don't want to you don't want to i don't want to disrespect it by listening to the soundtrack before i see it it's so good though but I don't want to. Okay, I wouldn't press you. I won't press you. But the soundtrack the... is the show. Oh, really? Uh, it's, yeah, because there's no scenes. Really? There's no like they don't stop and just start talking. It's all it's music the entire time. Really? Yes. Woo! Yes. It is. It's a concert. You're just yeah. It's amazing. So you, uh, I'm interested in those lessons that you learned about improv. Do you remember some of those formative teachers that helped you break through into mm-hmm. being a wonderful improviser as you are? Yes. Um, because talk about a resource. Like when when I get to talk to uh, whoever it is, Matt Besser or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and ask them about like the, the times they started to piece it together. Yeah. And other people listen to it. Now we have better improvisers, potentially. Well, I think it's – well, when you have someone – getting encouragement is, is always helpful. So I'd say like my first class, which was like June of 2000, so like oh, just about 16 years ago, mm. was with Kevin Mullaney, who was a Chicago guy who came to New York – um, was teaching and he was like the artistic director for a while and then he ran the school and now he's he's back in Chicago and has started his own theater. 
Another um, Chicago Mulaney? I've never heard of this man. Kevin Mulaney? Kevin Mulaney. Yeah. No relation. No relation. Huh. Yeah. Really great. Yeah. Uh, but he has his own theater now in Chicago called Under the Gun. Hmm. Um, but he's a great guy. Um, so he was my one level one teacher. It was level one back then. And I just remember, and I had like a lot of fun in it. And I was just wanted to try it because I um, had seen, uh, I loved comedy. And I thought I wanted to do like TV production behind the scenes, like producing maybe, stuff like that. But I always made people laugh. But I, I, I wasn't. Isn't that funny? I wasn't quite on the, uh, like, I want to be a performer. Like, I was always like, oh, that'd be cool to be on Saturday Night Live. But I didn't move to New York to be on Saturday Night Live. I moved to New York to get a job in TV, like, production. Hmm. And asked a friend. I worked at CBS as a page. And I asked a friend, like, yeah, go to UCB. Because I want to take classes. Because I saw Second City show. And I was like, I want to try that. Hmm. Which and one? The, I saw Paradigm Lost. Uh, which was Tina, in Chicago? In Chicago. Tina Fey. Ooh. Rachel Dratch. Ooh. Scott Atsit. Wow. Um, uh, Kevin Dorf. Yep. Did you just go just to watch it? Yeah. Is I that just, like why you took the trip? Yeah, because I loved SNL and I knew SNL people came from Second City. No, I went for a college um, – it was a college trip. It was like the National Broadcasting Association, which okay. was like a nerdy thing I was a part of as a <laughs> communications broadcast major uh-huh. in college. Tempted to yell nerd, but I'm going to pass. You, I mean, you could, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't. I'm you not weren't a, a traditional nerd. No, not at all. Yeah. Like this is – like how you see me now is how I dressed in college. I love it and I need it. <laughs> Lucky I'm wearing shoes at this point. Um, <laughs> so you went to so I went. You got so it I was like, blood. so I was like, hey, we have to go to Second City while we're in Chicago. Oh wow! And I think back then Second City also was like, it might have been how like UCB used, like old school used to be. It was like you just made a reservation and if you showed up, you paid. Hmm. Um, which is how we used to do it a long time ago at UCB, or like maybe like up to three years ago at UCB. Um, and if you didn't show up, then we didn't get your money. Hmm. Um, but uh, so I. I I think I got like 12. I made reservations for 12 and only like four people ended up wanting to go. And it was a good four people. And we saw this amazing, mind-blowing show. Mm. And me and my friend Leanne, I was like, who do you think is going to be on SNL next? And we were, and, I, and, and it was just like, oh, I think that Rachel woman. Oh, and then she uh, soon was. Yeah. And, uh, and then I've had, you know, and now I've had full circle moments where like I watched that show and that show was like made me be like, I want to try an improv. I mean, that was like a, an amazing sketch show. So it was like, I want to try whatever, sketch and improv, like take a class just to educate myself. And I've had like, and since then I have like performed with Scott Atsit and mm. it's been like, this is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Perform with Rachel. And I was like, this is fucking weird. It's mm-hmm. great. So it was like very cool that somehow like that was the seed and then whatever however many years later yeah like found myself on stage at chelsea with these people that inspired me to take that class at yeah UCB. very so weird. crazy um very cool very weird and i feel very blessed to have had those moments because not very few people i think get to have that right but i feel like anybody that does have the second moment had the first one if that makes sense yeah it doesn't happen for everybody but for anybody that ends up probably in chelsea yes. performing with these people probably had some sort of Watching, I did. Yeah, I had all those people when I was. I went to some weird improv jam. Yeah, at uh, I/O in Chicago and uh, did a scene with Lutz, John Lutz, and was like, mm. "This is amazing!" And now you see him on Thirty Rock, you see him on all these things, and you're like, "This is a fucking guy!" And you get to perform with him later, see him later. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It's, it's so cool. cool. Yeah, but anyway, so Kevin Malini was my first teacher, and I think after the last class, we got on the the subway together, and he just was like, "Hey, you're you're good. Like you you should you should keep going." And I was like, "Oh." That's it. That's cool. That's nice. And then he recommended me for an internship. So then I started interning Friday nights. Um, and then my level two teacher was 
Katie Roberts, who's Ian Roberts' mm-hmm. wife. And uh, she really, like, nailed me. What do you mean? Like, I was, because I was getting, I still get away with it, but I was getting away with saying, like, just being, like, potty mouth. Yeah. You know? like. Sure. I have a... Who filled this mailbox a, with diarrhea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think I have somehow... I just have a a way of like I can get away with like I can say fuck in a certain way that'll just like make an audience laugh. Yeah. Um, but I was like... I would just like say it and she just was like... There was, like, it was, but it was like a joke and so she just called me out being like there was no need for you to say that. Like yeah. that wasn't... A, that's not smart improv. Like you're just saying it for shock value and I was like... Ooh. Oh. And it did. I just was like... Oh, God, but that's... Oh, that hurt. And then I just processed it, and I was like, oh, she's right. I I don't want to do that, just that, for forever. Like, I want to be a better improviser. Yes. These people that I'm watching on stage, it's like, oh, yeah. People still do this to me. Like, you know, I'm working with Judd, and he'll be like... No, you can't. Like, I like to talk, and I, I'm talk funny. I like having flowery, flowery, as I can't say it, language. <laughs> He's like, no, not not in this moment. Like, what are you doing? You have to react in this moment, or you yeah. have to feel it. People are still. When I took my first improv class in Chicago, I was doing the scene with this other. Forgive me, but this Johnny Milkshake was a real piece <laughs> of shit. It was a level one class. Uh-huh. They were one of the worst people I'd ever done a scene with. So I'm of course blaming them, and they're doing that thing where I'm just doing a scene, and they're like. Uh, they're, it's not just no but. It's not like they're bad. But let's say like, hey, I opened a barbershop. And they're like, it burned down. Yeah, it yeah. burned down. Yeah. yeah. I burned it down last night. And that's all they're doing. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, luckily I, I have my savings. And it's like, no, I spent it on tequila last night. <laughs> and like I'm just thinking, what a piece of shit. And then my teacher, forgive me, I don't remember. I'm just speaking to the ether. I don't remember her name, but she was great. She was like, no, you can't. You can't just be funny about this. This guy just told you your barbershop burned down and he spent your life savings. And you have to, like, sit down and, uh, like, deal with that mm-hmm. and just be sad. Yeah. And then let that be. Uh-huh. And it's nice when people go, like, hey, you're just saying fuck. Or Judd's saying, like, hey, you're just doing that thing where you're having a perspective of what's happening instead of being in what's happening. Yes. And it, it does – it hurts less now, certainly, but the first time it happens. Yeah. But what a privilege to have those, oh, Captain, my Captain teachers that mm-hmm. love you enough to say you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. And so many people never get called out on it and they yeah. never get better and they never feel pain. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm going to improv. I say, fuck. No, art is pain. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no way through except the pain way. Yeah. You got to, yeah, you have to be like, oh, yep, that's a hard lesson. Yeah. Yeah, but and, if you uh, can have that perspective while you're feeling the pain, to go, this is the breadcrumbs are little drops of pain. Mm-hmm. There's no change without pain. We mm-hmm. all know this, but when we're in it, we go like, if only this would end. That's how you know you're doing it. <laughs> yes. Some teacher told you you suck. Gethard, I'm sorry to keep bringing him up. But whenever we talk about improv, is the guy that's like, hey, I notice you always do this. Fucking stop it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you did that to other people in turn. Yeah, I had one student. I can't. Well, uh, yeah, just being like. Just asking students to be like, okay, I want you to be sad. Yeah. And then just seeing students having a hard time being sad. It's like, I know, I was like, I know you have been sad in your life and you, you gotta be vulnerable. Yeah. You gotta let yourself be vulnerable on stage. Like these have to be, these have to be people. Yeah. You can't just get, you're you're gonna only get away with so much. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're gonna become old hat. You gotta constantly evolve as a performer and an artist. But I feel like people get into comedy, or I, I'll just speak for myself, to avoid unpleasant feelings. Yep. So it's like, if I can keep the plate spinning in my house and keep everybody laughing, not to paint too grim of a picture, we had a lot of love in our house too, but 
you know, that was a way of keeping the status quo and keeping people from fighting was being mm-hmm. funny. And then I, you get into improv and they're like, no, be angry. This guy just s- s- burned down your building. Yeah. Be angry at him or be sad or all these things. I always think of Sandler, Adam Sandler being angry which is something that like happened later in his career. He's the red-hooded sweatshirt guy. And then later he's in Punch Drunk Love screaming at somebody. And you're like, ah, why does that feel so good when mm-hmm. we start seeing those other feelings coming out of the clown? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And that's what you're steering people towards. Yeah, just, yeah. But it, it takes a long time. For sure. Everyone makes the same mistakes in, in like the early levels. And it's interesting that students will get, they'll be like, students will get upset at, um, and maybe a little bit how you probably got uh, upset at Johnny Milkshake in your class, just like denying you or like saying those things, just like being to you, outlandish, yeah. right? And to you, like that's very frustrating. But as like a and as a but as a teacher, I know that these are common things that happen in that level. Mm. And the students don't know that they're just like they just want to. They often want to instantly just judge and be like that person's not doing what they're being told. But it's like. Well, they're just still processing and figuring out how to do this funny? stuff. It's right. like if I give you a pen and say, write the alphabet. Hey, we're all here to learn the alphabet. And maybe you can do an A, but the person next to you can't draw an A yet. It's like, yeah, that's normal. Right. We're just learning how to write the alphabet. Congrats right. to you. You can write an A, <laughs> but like you got to give other people a chance to catch up. And also a chance to fail. And fail. Oh, you got to fail. We, but we, Failing is how you get better. But you know, we all avoid it. I know, I know these are tropes, but I, I don't think it can be discussed enough that it's mm. the failing that it's, that puts the fear of that happening again into you and, and drives you to yeah. change and yeah. helps you see that weird flaw that you have. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So you got that good compliment, and that was a big thing. Got a good compliment. I got nailed being like, yeah, don't do that, and that helped me grow. Um, and then I – and then – can't and then there was just other stuff. Those are the two big ones, mm. and they were very early on. That just that I look back on to remind myself of a to uh, just as to remember to encourage people. Um, you know, take the time out to be like, "Hey, Isn't that, that funny? The thing you did was really great. Keep going." Or like, "Hey, wh- what's going on with you? I, you know, you." You got if you want to do you got to be doing more stuff. Right. Stop sitting on your ass right now. Right, right, right. Um, because you've become a bishop of this other. It's a pretend thing. UCB is a pretend thing in a pretend place. But when we put value into it, it becomes a very real thing in a real place. And just like I'm ch- like the mama bear, just like a church. And then if mama bear, mama bear, and I have all these cubs, and I'm like, come on, cub. And then that let's means go. so much more yeah. than just Shannon, a yeah. person. You become this thing, and then. Like a little encouragement can go so far. Yeah. And also then also you got to discipline. Mama Bear's got to discipline. Right. Being like, what the fuck are you doing? Right, right, right. <laughs> Come on. Right. Like this, is, this isn't going to last forever. None of us are going to be here forever. You got to take advantage of whatever you have right now. Yeah. That's interesting. So. What are those mistakes that everybody makes? I'm interested in those pitfalls that most people fall into. I have to imagine trying to be funny all the time is a big one. I think a lot. Um, trying to be funny. Also not... Um, um. Yeah, like I th- people want to—I'll use a sports analogy. They want to start taking free throws, and they—they like, they can't make layups yet. Mm. And I'm like, be really good at layups. Mm. Like, be good. Like, yep. those are so like. I be know. good at layups. Be good. Good at free throws. Those win games. Mm-hmm. You know, threes are flashy. Cool. You look awesome. Right. Cool. Great. Steph Curry, amazing, amazing shot. But like, 
who's getting the rebounds, mm-hmm. who's doing all that other like you got to be able to do that all that that dirt that dirty dirty work and be good at that. Mm-hmm. A lot of like a lot of yeah, a lot of improvisers will come in and often sometimes like they get on a team and it's like, "Cool, I'm done learning." It's like, mm-hmm. "No, you're not." Right. You're now on a team like this is like a continued education. Right. And they they want to try and reinvent something that they haven't even gotten like figured out yet. Right. It's like get do good heralds. Good heralds are fun or whatever. Good X is like once like those are fun. If you're mm-hmm. not having fun doing something, it's like you're not good at it yet. Mm-hmm. Stop that's trying to reinvent this cool thing. So that's one thing. Just like tr- yeah, thinking that they're too good too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is I also like the opposite of that is people hold back because they're waiting to be perfect. Mm. Like I'll ask someone, I'll be like, hey, we had a conversation like six months ago about a show you're writing. Where is it? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm still working on it. And I'll be like, I want it end of this month. You have to send me something. Because mm. they're waiting for it to be this perfect thing where it's like you're, right. if it's on a page, you don't know how it's going to work. You got to get it up. Right. We got to get it up on its feet so and see funny. how people react to it. And if it fails, yep. you now know what's not working. It's another lesson I've learned taping uh, the show that mm-hmm. we're doing now. That's what I've been doing the past couple of weeks. And I'll be doing a take. And I'll stop myself because, uh, you know, whatever. I'm just like, that was no good. And then I'll do it again and I'll be like, that was good. And then I'll watch playback. You'll go over and where the monitors are and you'll be like, can I see that? And the one that I thought stunk was like the best one. Mm-hmm. And the one that like I thought was great was so garbage. So there's this like surrendering to the idea that, you, that you're even in control, right? Yeah. You have to be like, I don't know. And then uh-huh. you show it to a couple of people and then you get it on its feet. And then the thing that was just part of the show becomes the show and the thing that you thought was the whole show becomes something that you cut entirely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. People just, yeah. Everyone wants to be perfect, but comedy is, there's no way it's going to be perfect. Right. Especially night to night. If you're doing something that's scripted, every audience is going to, not every audience is going to react to it the same way. Mm-hmm. So I'll sometimes be like, well, yeah, let's try that again because I think it's funny. Mm. The audience didn't react to it, so let's just give it another chance and see. If it doesn't work again, then then we can think about cutting it. But I think sometimes people also just will just give up on something completely instead of just tweaking it or mm-hmm. yeah. Do you remember seeing any shows that really put the bug in you too, like a moment or something kind of magical that you were like, oh, I want in on this? Like when when a group of very funny people get together, sometimes things like this happen. Do you remember any of those? Um, um besides like the Second City trip. Um, oh, there was a show at, I mean, I basically have lived at UCB, admittedly, for the past 16 years, Mm -hmm. but there was a show at the 22nd Street Theater called, um, it's like Pricks, Perverts, oh, maybe that wasn't it, I can't remember, there was a show called Pricks, Perverts, and something, um, anyway, it was a show that was, uh, I think it was like Adam McKay, and like Besser, and Amy, I think it was like the UCB, and like a couple other people, but it wasn't like an upright sense read show. It was like something else. Mm-hmm. And it was just like coming out and being aggressive and just like yelling at the audience, calling them out on shit. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. And I was like, what do you losing. mean? Was the audience bad? Or no, it, it was like being... that was part of the show. <laughs> it was like it was like crowd work, but it was just like aggressive. It was like Besser. I don't remember if this is true, but I thought it was like Besser maybe like dressed as Hitler coming out and yelling. I, I think that I might be mixing that, but that's was the, that's what the story like was. Something he would do. It was like a bullhorns in this like eight this small black box. Twenty second Street was a very small black box, like a bullhorn yelling at the audience. Yes, it just was like this like this other experience 
Um, <laughs> and I just was like, this is amazing. Yeah. They're just, they're yelling at the audience, but it's in a way that we're all laughing and accepting it. Uh-huh. Like it's very aggressive, but it's so funny. And we know we're not going to get hurt. And we know <laughs> it's not, it's really not an attack it on who we are. It's the haunted house of improv. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's not an attack on who we are as, yeah. as people because they don't know who we are. Right. And it just was, and I was like, oh, I like that. Right. And, um, and now, and I think I kind of, and I, I was like, I want to try that. And now I kind of like have a little bit of that when I do, when I'm like hosting Ask Cat. Sure. We're talking to the audience. I love calling people out on their bullshit. <laughs> um, and then, but in a way that's like not making that, very working very hard because I don't want that person to feel bad. Sure. That I'm calling, that I am like making uh, fun of. It's all part of the show, folks. Yeah. It's like, it's all part of the show and it's, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was, I remember that being like, wow, that's, that was, I can't believe this exists. Yeah. And we're all like loving it. That's so And it fun. can't exist anywhere else. This is like the perfect place for it. It was it's like a little dark. secret. Yeah. Our, all of our parents wouldn't understand it. No, you can't explain. Right. You can't explain anything to my, to my family. Right. Yeah. They're like, what? And I was like, oh, forget <laughs> it. How's your stand up? I'm like, ah, it's great. I don't uh, do stand up. You know that. But it's great. Come do they, watch. Do they not understand your life? It has to be pretty weird. Uh, I mean, my mom does and my dad they they understand now once they once they came to watch once Uh they came to watch and see um that must have been tense i mean parents come and see stand-up you're like at least i can do my act you're coming to watch you well it was good that my mom like my because i grew up with my mom and then here you'll love you'll you're gonna have a lot of questions about this (laughs) <laughs> so I, so my plan. I have two older brothers. Uh huh. And what if that's what you thought I would have questions about? Yeah. <laughs> two older brothers. <coughs> Tell me more. But we did not grow up together. I grew up with my mom, and they grew up with my dad. Interesting. Yeah. Boys went with boys, and girls went with girls. Yeah. It's like girls over here, boys over here. I don't understand why. <laughs> that's a great question. That's my question. I know. I don't understand. I don't. Why. I and that is something that I have not asked. I thought you were going to say not figured out. You haven't even asked. I haven't asked? figured out. I haven't officially been like, How hey. old was was the split happen? When did that happen? It was when, um, it's like my parents split when I was like four. And then I lived with, we all lived with my dad. And then, um, and it was still near each other. It was always for a while. It was just like 10, 15 minutes apart. Mm. And when my parents lived like 10, 15 minutes apart, maybe 20 minutes. And then when I was in second was it second grade? Yeah, it was second grade. I went to my first day of second grade, and then I came home, and then my mom was there, and she's like, you're going to come live with me. And I was like, okay. And then I just went to live with my mom from second grade on. I think it was just like... <laughs> what is I think, going I know, on? I think it... Am I honest? I don't... I, I know. I always... I, isn't it weird? I'm 40, and I haven't asked. Because I feel like I don't want to know, because I'm fine with it. I'm like, I'm fine. Well, what I'm could fine. it be? It, it just I think sounds it's, like... I think what it is is just... Um, who can handle what? Yeah. I think it's like having, uh, I think when your parents divorce and it was not, it wasn't like a easy divorce. Yeah. It was like parents did not like talk for like the, it was like one of those. It's like, they're not talking. And it took until I think I was maybe like four or five years ago where now, which is great. Um, cause it used to be like, especially for me, like I don't have kids. So I'd be like, I gotta go to my mom. I gotta be 
my brother's for Christmas this day so I can see my mom. And then I go to my dad's for Christmas this day so I can see my dad. And it's like, but now, but it's also trying to coordinate the grandkids. And I'm like, why can't I just go to one? This is, I don't need two Christmases anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't need this anymore. Once the presents stop, yeah. you, you want half of a Christmas. But now, like within the, I think it's been about five years now. Now my parents are fine and they are they're very cordial and talk to each other and can be in the same room so now we can have christmas on the same day together really which makes it great yeah my mom loves my dad's girlfriend it's all great she's like not like loves but it's just like talks like they have conversations enough time has like separated whatever that pain was so it's like oh so it's it's nice but anyway so it was um so i think it was just this this divorce is so messy that um there's, there's, it's just better to do this. Like, let's split it like, up in let, a very yeah, like kind you, of, yeah. it is kind of obvious. Uh-huh. I, like, mom will take the girl and dad will take the boy. Yeah. I think because I was four, so I don't, I wasn't really like conscious enough. Like, I don't. How old were they? Uh, they would have been six and nine. So I think nine's like, you're very like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. What's he Even, do? My, the oldest brother? Yeah. He is a, um. Mass murderer. He is, uh. <laughs> I'm just wondering BTK if he... killer. <laughs> um, he does... I mean, he experienced the trauma. He experienced the trauma, and he, he probably had it... Um, yeah, I would say he, ha- he had it the toughest, and he now... He, he um, rebelled the hardest out of any of us. Mm. Um, without... Like, I, I won't give out too sure. much, because it's his It's life. his stuff. It's his stuff. But, but he, rebelled, all... he rebelled the hardest, and he went away to college in Montana, and then was just like, fuck this, I'm not for college, and I agreed. He's like not a college guy. He's very artsy. He's um, would create awesome stuff in wood shop. Um, he's uh, uh, he could build anything if like if whatever he could take this table and make it into a fucking dog house. I don't know. <laughs> That's a stupid thing. He can do. He's really good. Like he's a, like he's very. Handsy. He's like the artsy. He's yeah. very handsy. He's, he's handsy. He's handsy. He's always <laughs> yeah. grabbing boobs. Always and... grabbing boobs. <laughs> Um, but he then dropped out of school and then worked for like Gibson guitar. And so he was like building guitars and I was like, that's cool. Mm. Where like my dad's side of the family is very, not all of them, but like very, um, go to university of Pennsylvania. You go to business school, you wear a suit to work. Mm. My older brother was like, no, no man. At one point he lived in the woods for six months with like a wolf. As no, a pet. no way. Yeah, my brother's badass. He's Fucking awesome. Cool. Yeah, like I was always like, dude, I love you. You're doing all- like this is so cool. That's because like everyone else was kind of like, who's this black sheep? But I was like. He's the best out it's of all of us. It's a wolf. Yeah, he lives with a fucking wolf. Um, and then he went to Hawaii on vacation for his birthday and stayed there for 10 years. So he's not fucking around. No. And then he moved back because Hawaii started getting hard because it's expensive to live there. And then he moved back to Jersey. And now he... Uh, um, so, like, he lived life, which was great. It was like, oh, he lived life. He figured his shit out. He was a kite surfer for a while. Hmm. Um, <laughs> he loves bikes. He loves snowboarding. He's a skateboarder. He just loves the outdoors. And now he uh, then started working for my dad, doing like uh, flipping houses. So he would go into the bathrooms and do like beautiful tile work. Hmm. And now um, that he's older, he's like forty-five. So like that stuff can get hard, being on your knees and like sure. all that stuff. So now he does like house inspections, which is like goes in and makes sure before you sell. How did uh, yeah? How did you rebel? It must have come later, right? I mean, this I is never, kind of a weird pickle. Yeah, I don't think I ever um, – I never rebelled. I just – I think that's how I became – I think I just used comedy as like – like I would um, 
yeah, it's like my defense mechanism. Like mm. at school, like I was like the like I grew up in like a a richer area. It's like the main line of Pennsylvania, which is like kind of like everyone there is mostly like wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I just was like my mom, single mom, like losing her job all the time. So we never had money. So I think I used comedy to deflect like any questions about like most of my friends' parents like. We're married still. So right. I, think I just used comedy to be like, They'd be like, where do you summer? And you'd be like, baloney, bajoni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like making jokes Were and like deflecting cl- any like questions about uh, things that I probably did feel bad about. Like, sure. You know, or I'd like be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to my dad's this weekend in New Jersey. Hmm. So it'd be like, because he'd eventually, my dad eventually moved to Jersey. So it became harder and harder um, for that like little drop off switch of the kids. Mm hmm. Were you close with your dad, or were you kind of cool to go mm. with mom? I mean, I was so young. Yeah. I, I uh, clearly, and it, it, I, I, I mean, everyone would agree. Like, I'm very close with my mom, and not as close with my dad. I still love my dad. Sure, but like, no, like I was with my mom most of the time. Right. Just like my brothers, I think their bonds with my dad more than my mom. But like, as you just get older, just naturally, it's come together. Sure. Yeah. And now, what's it like with dad? <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's like uh, he's 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 taught like one thing he's taught me is like like that um, it is just like life is hard <laughs> and you just you just have to be aware that like you're gonna change you're gonna grow you're gonna make mistakes mm-hmm. and you can't let those mistakes like define you you can grow away from those like you can if you do something that's like if you're ever shitty to a person you have to realize like doesn't mean you're a shitty person hmm. I don't know that's I think that's just life though I mean I'm old enough to. It's I have to explain this to like, and this goes back to improv, but a lot of times kids, these kids, <laughs> it's like you're so young. And I look back to when I was so young, but I feel like I lived life pretty hard by the time I got to starting to do improv just with however I grew up. But a lot of kids come in and like their biggest, like sometimes it's like oh, the most painful thing they've felt is like they got a BMW instead of the Mercedes they right, asked for. Right, 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 right. it's like, okay, you guys don't know what life is yet. Right. And, and you're gonna you're, be you're gonna be such a better improviser once you have some grit. Have some grit. Yeah. And just like oh, you have to feel that feeling that you've never felt before. Right, right, right. And you'll get better and and, and better. And a lot of people they want to be so funny. I'm like you still have life to live. It takes, that's you, the, it takes you like ten years. That's the under thirty thing. That's the. Yeah. I think it was Ricky Gervais says nobody under thirty is really funny. <coughs> Maybe it was somebody else. And he was I would agree him. with that. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, looking at the the hardships that I've had in my life, mm-hmm. whether it was you know my parents bickering or whatever it was and then certainly my divorce has been mm-hmm. a, a big source for me and then you look back like like you know you're 40 i'm 37 and we're looking back and we're like ah that was the good stuff <laughs> it's, it's your origin story you're yeah. glad batman at some point was like you know it's not all bad that my parents were mowed down. <laughs> i got to become batman, oh, he's batman. Yeah. yeah yeah there's every yeah everything you could let yourself. You can let yourself just go down that pit, but you just have to be like, "What can I learn from this?" Yeah. Okay, I'm done crying. What can I learn from this? Sure. How can I grow? What was the other stuff you said? You go, went at it pretty hard, but it sounds like well, I you're... think just growing up poor and like seeing like um, I say poor, but not poor. Like I, I understand. Had, but yeah, just like that stuff. Like kids getting stuff that I didn't get, and I had to be like, all my friends driving to school. Although I lived very close to my high school, so I could have mm-hmm. just walked there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never had a car. I didn't even get my license until I was like 19, which is fine. Like that's such like a – I don't even complain about that. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's like having to explain. It's like, oh, hey, we're all going to go, like, some school trips. And like, oh, yeah, I can't, like, afford that. Right. And that's fine. So it's like stuff like that or right. whatever. Sure. But no, no, I understand. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a temptation when, when, especially when you're speaking publicly like this, to yeah. be like, these aren't problems and they're not. Yeah. But they are when, when you're, you're in them. Yeah, when you're in them. That's, that's yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah. And I had those friends, like, I, I remember I went to Israel for a semester and I, I was fortunate enough to be like, we're going to Egypt. And a friend being like, I can't fucking just go to Egypt. Like, I'm already barely in Israel. Like, it took everything I yeah. saved to get here. And you're going to fucking Dubai because you're an asshole? Yeah. Not Dubai, that's in India. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm trying I to say. I know exactly what you're saying. And then, and you're married now. Is that I'm correct? I'm not. You're not married? No. Somebody needs to update that Wikipedia Oh, I page. should. Yes. Apparently anyone can. Are you divorced? Uh, yeah. Are, are you? I'm sorry. No. Or are we not <laughs> sorry? Uh, no, sorry, I mean, no, no it's sorry. always sad. It is sad. Yeah. What happened? When well, did you get married? When I was, uh, it was funny, this is the second time I've publicly stated that I'm Divorced? Yeah, but not even though the papers are in my apartment. <laughs> oh my god, you got to sign them. Like, yeah, man, what a pain in the ass. Like her, like yeah. you're dragging your. No, feet. it's okay. It's it's amicable. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm just sorry because that's painful for you. Oh yeah, yeah. When? How old were you when you got married? Young, twenty. Oh wait, uh, twenty six. Oh my god, you were married. 14, Fif- we were together years. fifteen years. Woo! Yeah, and, what and then was married it? like twelve or thirteen. Get and it's out, just, that's I, I would say. Again, that's like someone else that's involved, so like not sure. to be too Let's personal. Let's talk but it's about like... him. <laughs> Johnny Milkshake. Johnny Milkshake. I think it was just that thing of like, oh, we got married young. Yeah. And then you just like, I hadn't even grown up yet. That's, all, that's almost a gift. I also got married. I was 22 when I yeah. got married. And then you're like, and we were young. We were young. And then it's like, you were and then we grew a very up long time. together a long time. It just took a while just to be like, eh. what were the symptoms? What does a slow decaying growth separation look like? Um, it's probably just me realizing, me becoming more social mm. than I was when I first met him. Because when I say, like, even I started, like, oh, I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. But I also do like to, but then once I got into the the world of making new, fr- like, making more friends and having, like, this community, like, I like going out more. So I, th- I think it just was, like, that of, like, oh, our, we're, we were in, we met and we lived in this world and then mm. our world's. We just never – we didn't follow each other into our other worlds. Right. And we were okay with that. And it was like, you cool? It's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. You're going to go hang with your buddy? Yeah, I'm going to go hang with my buddies. And then I think just became a thing of like, this is – I think like we're, you're... we're good roommates. I think we're – Chums. We're chums. Mm. I think we're chums and uh, I think it's time. And it was – it's like, yeah, it's hard to like admit that. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, we're now. But then I was like – and I think I also used to think – um, just from growing up of like, oh, divorce is a shame. And I was like, no, oh, man, divorce is... I like... It was very funny. Neil Casey, Neil Casey, very funny man, mm-hmm. said this years ago before I, this was even a thought in my mind. He's like, you know, divorce is just a breakup that you have to get lawyers involved in. Yeah, it's a, a breakup with paperwork. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be. Unfortunately, I think there is something... I was just talking to somebody else who was divorced about this, where I was like, unfortunately, there were dresses and cakes and, and magical words. I'm not saying literally magical words, but mm-hmm. you're up there and you're doing this thing that culturally was, it was substantiated. This means something. Yeah. I mean, there's literally like, you are witness and we're all a bunch of hippopotamuses at a hippopotamus funeral. And we're like, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. So even though, yes, it is just a, a breakup with paperwork, somewhere in the recesses of your subconscious, you're going, it's, it was a marriage. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I think it's, 
It is and it isn't. It yeah, is just a breakup chunk of life also isn't. that you have to – that I don't want to forget. Right. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, forget those years. But it's a bit, still a, a good chunk of my life and a lot of a lot of happy memories and good memories. And he was always very supportive of my um, career. Yeah. And I thank him for that. But, yeah, it's just like – up, oh, it's time. Yeah, it's time. I'm picturing here's my like, like a comedy. Uh, yeah, he was what? This here's my comedy being like. Ah, I guess we just wipe our hands, huh, buddy? Yeah, but it wasn't. It's not that easy. It How is. People you, say it's like a. It's like a death. It is like a it's death. like you're like fuck. This is this is a death. This, the third thing that you guys is, were creating does die. The right? third thing. The third thing. Two people get together. And oh, they love each other, and it, it's almost like a, a yes. deity or another we're both still alive, invisible but this thing. thing we had is yeah. now. Gone. Yeah, yeah. The relationship is like a baby or or yeah. a, another person, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that thing kind of goes like you're not real anymore. Yeah. Uh, although it it sounds to me like you have perspective. It's you're still. A lot of people want to hit delete on everything. The good memories, the bad memories. Yeah. It sounds to me like you already have perspective to be like, no, there were good times. And- yeah. Oh yeah. Good times, but that's what life. But I'm also like, that's what life is. <laughs> yeah. It's like if 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 you to have the good, you have to have the pain. Yeah. You're not gonna know what you don't know what good is. Right. You have nothing to compare it to. But if you're both in this like studio apartment, and then you start tunneling, one out. bedroom, very nice. Oh, I'm just saying it <laughs> as an analogy. No, if we have a really nice apartment. Okay. I kept it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're in a one bedroom apartment, but then you start tunneling out, and that's your life yeah. expanding this way. Yeah. He's tunneling out the other way. Uh huh. And before you know it, you have this, these intricate tunnels, and you're spending all your time in the tunnels, and you're rarely in the thing because you found all these other things you liked. Yeah. That's a hard thing. How do you breach that subject? I mean, what, what was that like? I think it was just like we both felt it. It wasn't like passive-aggressive little fights and ditties? No, I think it – yeah, it, it was It was like a, it was like a conversation then that we were like aware of it and like let's work on it. And then I think we just realized like, yeah, it's not, it's not working. Mm. Yeah. Just trying to have it like be as, because it's it is his life also. So I don't want to like speak no, for his life. But yeah, it yeah it was. But for, it wasn't. No, it's like you say like, and it probably was like it was roughly like around a year ago. We were like, this is okay. We're doing this. Yeah. And then a few months later, then he uh, he moved out. But it wasn't. But it wasn't just like it was lots of conversations leading up to that point and, and whatever. Were you you were hanging out less? You found other friends and stuff. Yeah, it just became yeah, and it was also like this like yeah, it was just like two different lives. It's two hard because you're, I can feel you trying to protect it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah, um, but it, I, he's not know, a bad guy. Of course, sure. Yeah. it's interesting though. I think it's a very lonely thing to go through a breakup, and it's a bad thing, especially a, a marriage, or maybe not even especially a marriage, just a, a relationship ending. And it's it's a terrible secret to have. Uh huh. And then and you don't put it on. Some people love putting shit on Facebook, but I'm just I like, know. who's the first person for me to tell? Yeah. And you tell one person. So you, I only told the people that I wanted to tell. There's probably also, a few people that I like missed on my list. And then just naturally being in the community I am, yeah. Like people just would like find out. Although the other day, someone was <laughs> someone did ask me. I was out to dinner. We had a surprise party for my friend who's having a baby and is moving away. And we're out to dinner. And my uh, uh, this one guy was like, hey, Shan, what's your husband do? And my friend next to me had already had the same experience where like he had brought him up. And I hadn't told him yet that, yeah, that we had split yeah. up. And I just went, uh, 
and I felt my friend laughing. Yeah. Uh, we're not together anymore. Oh boy. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. I was like, dude, don't worry about it. You didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't send out a big chimp mail. You yeah. know, whatever. Mail chimp. <laughs> mail chimp. Oh, you listen. <laughs> you listen to cereal. <laughs> uh, yes. Where I learned about mail chimp. Mail chimp. <laughs> we use it at UCB. Oh, okay. Um, but, but yeah, it's, so it's like this thing of like, it's not anyone's business. But then right. eventually. It is just like it has, you know. It's but that's be, what a, yeah. a marriage is making it business. That's that's the whole idea. That's the idea of the witness. Yeah, that's the idea of the ceremony. Is you're like this is now public, and you can ask me how's my husband. Yeah, and it's a little bit gross. Yeah, I'm having the, my show is about divorce, and yes. we're shooting scenes with my parents. Obviously, they're not my parents, but oh, they're acting parents. out all the scenes that actually. You're not going the Aziz route. No, I didn't go the SCs route. And it's not actually like, it, obviously the show is a dramatiz- dramatization of what happened. Mm-hmm. But like I'm having to relive a lot of the same feelings. And I said to Val, I was like, I'm having a lot of marriage anxiety now. Mm-hmm. Because this is reminding me of how wall removing getting married is. Even the idea that she that Val would take my name, which she never w- would want to and I wouldn't want her to. Mm-hmm. But my first wife did take my name and then she's a Holmes. And then the the other two Holmeses, my parents, have this ownership perceived on their part of her. You're mm-hmm. now a Holmes. You're with us. You're in our clan. And it's gross. And next thing you know, parents and family and people are seeping under the walls like oil. And it's gr- and there's it's just a mess. And it makes me terrified of the whole thing. <laughs> of course, I talk about that with Val because, you know, we talk about marriage and now I'm like, I'm afraid. Because when yeah. it goes bad, it is public. It is moments of people – abusing, not knowingly, that that feeling of, I can ask Shannon, how's her husband? How's mm-hmm. that thing yeah. that you vowed in front of us you were going to stick with? Yeah. And now you have to be yeah. like, it didn't work. Yeah. Well, even though you're saying it's not their business, but it kind of is. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. But it's it's like, also not. Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're saying. Because it is part of your life. So it's like they're just interested in your life. Right. They just want to know about your life. And then you're like, that life doesn't exist anymore. It's like asking about your dog or your house or whatever. Yeah. And losing and any time, of those things. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, – uh, yeah. It's like that thing that I recently lost a friend and I'm very close with his wife. Mm. Um, this person used, died, you mean? Yeah, he passed away. Oh, boy. It was like less than a month ago. And so I have uh, – it was very sad and I – just have that feeling, uh, like that fear, just like me being asked about my husband, I can e- easily say like, oh, we're not together anymore. But like when she's like people that don't know about him passing right. away, when she gets asked, that's going to be, to me, I'm like, oh, it's easier for me to say like, oh, we're divorced. It sucks. Right. But for her, it's like, oh, fuck. Uh, can you imagine? I'm just like, yeah. So hey, like, I, it's uh, like this thing of like, you want to like, how do you like protect? Like I can't, you can't protect. No one can protect me. It but just every- has to, it has to happen. And it'll, it'll eventually... Everyone will know. And now, I mean, you have millions of listeners, right? So now everyone knows it. Uh, I don't know about millions. Single. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> but every question is presumptuous. And this whole fabric that we've created that's very nice and just like, hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. When you're going through pain, we don't really have a very good system for that. And death obviously being a huge one. But when you ask someone like, how are you? Or how's Johnny Milkshake, Milkshake. you're assuming Johnny Milkshake is alive. Yes. How is he? Yes. And you're not, you know, suicidal or going through the worst time of your life. Hey, hello. Would you like to eat meat with cheese on it? Yes, I would. Then we can go see Captain America. Like we're all acting like pain isn't a thing. Right. And then when you get a diagnosis or someone dies or there's a huge breakup, you feel like you're poked out of the membrane. Yeah. And now you're in this other group that's dealing with. 
everything. It's like every time you go to the hospital and they tell you you're healthy, you go back in the membrane yeah. and you're just eating at McDonald's again and, you, and you're watching Netflix. But there's all these others, divorced, sick, mourning, yeah. people that just have to deal with that shit. And we're like, yeah. and that's a type of, not enlightenment, it's just another perspective. And you're like, oh no, you guys are in a membrane where you're acting like nothing's wrong, but really I'm out here and everything's on fire. Yeah. But so is the membrane. And then sometimes, yeah, and then you're going back and forth. And you go back and forth and you can't wait to get back in. Yes. And, get, and heal and get back mm-hmm. and just eat cheese fries again. Yeah, because when you're in that pain and you're dealing with it and you just, and you do, it's like that's why social media is the worst. You're just like looking on Instagram, you're like, Oh, look at those people having fun. And I'm exactly. like on my couch crying right now. Exactly. We yeah. should take more Instagram photos of ourselves crying and watching Hope Floats. <laughs> yes, what a sad movie. But it's interesting. But that? I don't want – but then I, But then that is very interesting. What's that? Of like this idea of like social media is such a thing. And I do judge it. I'm like when I see someone tweet something or put up a photo of – their feelings that are the opposite of sad. Mm. It's like, or that are sad. It's like, hey, um, this thing happened. I'm really depressed about it. And it's just like, wow, you're tweet. It's like, I, it's like, oh, wow, that person's putting that on Twitter or they're putting it on Facebook where I wish that's where I just, uh, it's like, I feel like, oh, do they not have someone to share that mm. with personally? Mm-hmm. Well, you start to believe the methadone. You know, you're, you're kind of like, this, yeah. is, this is real. Yeah. And, and maybe it is. Maybe some people actually get an authentic feeling from comments yeah. and posts and likes and stuff. Yeah. I tend to go the other way and go like, I need to, I'd rather talk to one actual person yeah. than 5,000. Yeah. And people. maybe because we are that older generation, like we didn't, I didn't, we didn't have that stuff in high school or, yeah. or college. Yeah. Where it's like you had to talk, you had to talk to someone. Or and that was part of it. That, yeah. And that Don't is. Don't tell everyone that someone died all at once. Even this unpleasant... Because you're going like, to get infiltrated all like yeah. with all this stuff. Let it go slow. Let, yes. Because when I got divorced, I remember going through what you're going through, which is people would be like, hey, how's your wife? And you're like, or even better, they'd make a joke like, I'm fucking your wife or whatever. And you're like, oh, boy. Yikes. You'd be like, no, you're not. She's yeah. not my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can fuck her now. Go, go for ahead. It, <laughs> but maybe that's part of it. Maybe we're supposed to get grief in installments instead of thinking it's a shit we can flush. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It told, Yeah, you can't deal with it all at once. How did you bring it up? Again, without betraying your husband's confidence, it's like, how do you pull the trigger? I'm very interested in that silver bullet moment where you're like, let's take this relationship dog in the back and shoot it. It's mm-hmm. a terrible, it's fucking terrible. It's just, it just turns into like a, it's not just a quick conversation. Mm. It was like, um, it was like a late night conversation. Um, because you can feel when you're connected with someone, you feel like when they walk in, it's like, what's wrong with you? Mm. So I think I had been thinking about it, and I just came back. I came home, and it just was like, what's mm. what's going on? And it's like, oh yeah, we need it. Let's talk, mm. and just like talking about it. It's like, okay, that's a four hour conversation, and we you sleep, you wake up, you go to your jobs, can I and interject? then a few days later, when yeah. you're finally in the space again, mm. you talk about it more, and then you just like. It's like, are we doing this? And then eventually it's like, okay, now we're creating an exit plan. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah. So that's, it's just, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a quick. Yeah. It wasn't like, pack your bags, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it the was, TV version. Yeah, that's the TV version. You didn't no, eat, pray, love it, and no, <laughs> go no, to Rome. 
No. I mean, even though I did travel a bunch, though. Did you? Once it was like, oh, like the decision was like, oh, this is happening. I was like, okay, I'm just going to treat myself. And I went to like a week in Brussels mm. with my one friend, Bethany. And then we went to Rio for New Year's. Can I just say the value of taking the focus off of just the agony of the dog shooting uh-huh. or the relationship ending and thinking, I'm going to Brussels with Stephanie? Did you say? Bethany. Bethany, sorry. Bethany from Gethard Show. You've met her. Oh, yes. Yes. If you, can, if you can go once I'm out of this, even if it's just a hot fudge sundae that you're going to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> by yourself. Yeah. You need to give yourself some sort of system. Yeah. People don't know this. No. I, I didn't know this. I should just speak for myself. I would always just think about how I wanted to avoid the conflict. But if you could go once I exonerate that, like, exercise that demon, I can – I don't mean the person. I mean the relationship. Mm-hmm. I can get into this other place where suddenly I'm in Brussels. With, yeah. Uh, well, and I'll say, and I don't know where you were in your comedy career mm. when you went through your divorce, but I, I just feel so blessed and lucky that I have a job mm-hmm. where I know I'm going to laugh at least once every day. Isn't that great? So great. So it's like I feel – I felt very blessed. I'd be like a lot of people had no idea. Like the entire summer, most people – last summer, like very few people knew what I was um, going through. So I would just be like, go to work, sit at my desk doing my stuff, blah, blah. I'd be at the theater watching shows, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and no one realized like how important their performances were That's to it. like making me just be like, oh, That's it. this is the, I'm so lucky that I can be distracted and laugh. And mm-hmm. I have this wonderful place that I will might, I might go home now and like cry myself to sleep, mm-hmm. but I'm going to wake up and I know like, oh, I get to laugh tonight. Yeah. And th- this pain, <laughs> this isn't, this is painful. But I'm not going to let it be so bad that it's going to ruin this beautiful thing that I have that mm-hmm. is such a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I just would imagine, like, I can't imagine, like, what my mom went through, you know? Right. It's like, oh, f- fuck. And even, like, that's why, like, it was very hard for me to tell her. It took me a long time. I told my dad first because <laughs> um, he's been divorced several times. <laughs> Try it out on dad. <laughs> so I knew. I was like, dad. So he was, so he was like, my voice. And I was like, yeah, mom doesn't know yet. And I was like, I'll let you know. And then I finally told my mom. And it was a very funny conversation. What do you mean? Because <laughs> I thought I was like prepping myself. It took me months to prep to tell my mom. Um, and <laughs> it was months. I was like, I can't tell her now. And I had to, it was like after my husband had moved out that I finally told her. And I was like, and I just was like, okay, 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 here we go. And I was like, hey, mom. And I was like, okay, first, I want you to know I'm great. I'm doing great. I got a great job. Um, we just I'm doing this. fine. Yes. Okay. Like setting her up, letting her know, because this was about like me protecting her. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm okay. That's what I was just going to say. I'm going to be okay. You're supposed to let her take care of you, but no, you're, you're like, no, taking no, care no. Of her, yeah. yeah. And I had to be like, I'm, because I have like, I do have, I have a great job. I had Gethard show. I was like, I like booked a movie. So I like had all these great things that were happening to help with this like terrible pain. Mm. And I was like, so, um, Johnny Milkshake and I are getting a divorce. You're no longer Mrs. Milkshake? <laughs> no. Never took his name, which made it very easy. Yeah. Good. I am an O'Neill. Um, and I was like, Johnny Milkshake and I are um, we're getting a divorce. And it went, oh, my God. This is my mom. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How's your car? No. She made is a your gag. car okay? She made a gag? No, it wasn't a gag. No gag? It, it, this was not a gag. She just I can, loves cars? <laughs> I can, I'll deconstruct this for you. I knew exactly what this was. Because when I grew up, I don't need a, you know, I do have a car in, in New York, which is like a very nice thing. Sure. 
Um, which you never is a, quite know where it is, but it's it's somewhere between seventh and eighth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I do. I have a, a. Oh, you have a spot. I have a garage which, oh, in boom, my building, which boom, is boom. cheap and etc. Love it. So, but I hadn't forever. So, having a car is like a, is a luxury. Mm-hmm. But um, and so I know why she asked that because when we were when I was growing up with her, her car was it was a constant problem, and she needed her car to get to work, mm. to make money, to. to live. To live, to support me, to keep this thing. So to her, I think that is she'll never listen to this. So yeah. that that was like that was the thing that, that would always was that yeah, that broke her a lot. Yeah. Coming through it'd be like, oh, because she never had she never she was always like used car this, How's used car, car that and then it would like break down and she'd be like, I don't know what like and then we'd have to like like she couldn't afford a new car, she had to put more money into the car. So like that's what I was like I was like it also was a relief because she wasn't – she didn't then – I was like, oh, yeah, mom, my car's fine. Right. I'd be like, it's like a grandma car. Like, I drive it to the store and back. Like, right. It's, it's great. It's fine. And um, I was like, no, mom, yeah, mom, it's, the car's fine. And she's like, okay, yeah. She's like, I'm not worried about you. You're doing That's great. Saying, you're doing yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Like, she is. Like, she's so proud of me. She's like, you're living your dream, Shannon. You're fine. You're going to be okay. It's, it's okay. It's like you said orcs yeah. are coming and she said, how's your sword? Instead of going, oh, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So she, I was like, oh yeah, my mom is. Yeah. So I didn't know. That's and, uh, great. Yeah, so but it was very funny. It is very. I was like, oh, how's your car? And I remember being like, what? And I'm like, oh yeah. The smallest little glimpse into yeah, exactly old, how your parents love you. Yeah, the wood panel. You uh, have a Woody? The wood panel. No, I don't. She oh, had the wood yeah, panel. Yeah. You know, station wagon. Yeah. That died, and then the old Toronado she right. got when my grandma passed away, and then like this car that she the lemon she bought and then right. this car that she bought and right then even now like she's always like she's very like takes care of her she finally eventually was able to afford like a new car mm. and she just like takes care of it so well right it's amazing this is it's uh, like everything is like neat it's like okay needs its inspection needs its, it's like oil change to the mile right it's like tires rotated like she takes care of it so well Oh God! It's like yeah, but it's like that's that thing. I was like, that's why she asked, "How's your car?" Because that's mm. something that she depended on to right. support and keep her life going. And I was like, I got subways, ma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole city's yeah. fine. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. Get yeah. anywhere. Yeah, you just so show her was... a metro card. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that really is poetic. I yeah. think that's wonderful. And she support. She was with you. Yeah, there yeah, wasn't yeah. any. She wasn't like, why not? Why aren't you fixing it? Right, None right. of that. She's just like, yeah. And she liked Johnny Milkshake. It she, wasn't, yeah, yeah. Everyone loved Johnny Milkshake. And then how? How long? It's been how long? A couple months? Like a year? A uh, year. No, it's been like a like a year ago. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. You said that. Yes, yeah, a year ago we made the decision, and now it's been like. But that's like a big adjustment, like living alone for like the first time in a very in like my entire life. I think. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so that's like it's a, a huge, weird feeling, it's right? A huge adjustment. Just sleeping alone too. Yeah. You're just like what? Uh-huh. Where's the? Yeah. I remember that feeling. Yeah. And then you start sleeping like an uppercase X. And oh, you're just yes. like, this is the greatest. Oh, now and I just use both sides. I'm in the middle. But it's another way of reframing it. It's not I have to sleep alone. You have to be like, I get to roll around. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. It's not I have to break up with my husband. Mm-hmm. I get to go to Brussels. You know, like you're yeah. trying to reprogram your mm-hmm. brain. It's, a new, it's like a new chapter of my life. Right. Previous chapter. Good stuff, bad stuff, but all chapters are going to be good stuff, bad stuff. Of course. Yeah. And I have to think now that you're even more free to dive into the comedy pool. (laughs) Not that he was holding you back. No. But sometimes when you're alone, I love Sweet Lady Vale more than anybody. 
if she goes out of town, I go out more. And, oh, and yeah. she listens to this. And I, I tell her that. Like, when she's not there, I'm just bored. And I'm like, well, I'll just go to the comedy cellar and hang out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I would rather be with Sweet Lady V and watch Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. But is that happening to you? Are you finding yourself... Oh, yeah. It's much easier just to... Yeah. In the deep end more? Yeah. Jump at... Like, yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. I can not feel bad leaving someone at home yeah. to go out. Right. Because I'm just going out for There's the myself. bad. Nobody knows where I am or cares where I am. That is scary. And then there's the good. Nobody yes. knows or cares where I am. The first time I got <laughs> sick. The first time I got, like, sick, you know? Yeah. I was like, Fuck. There's no one to take care of me. You hit it. And I don't I know live. What you're and I kind of live, I can take a subway in, but I don't live near anybody else. Yeah. There's no one, there's no one close to me. I don't have any friends close to me because we went, because we like bought an apartment like yeah. out in Queens. Oh boy. It's a great apartment. I love it. But like, yeah, when I get sick, I'm like, fuck. And I did, like, I can still call on him and I could be, because we, we have, do- or I have dogs. Right. But I have the dogs. So if I'm in like a big pinch, I could be sure. like, hey, this thing, or uh, and he would come over in a heartbeat. That is, but so you don't want funny. to. You yep. don't want to. Yep. You want to be like, no, I have to learn to live alone. Yeah. He has to be able to have his life now. I gotta have my life now. So the first time I got sick, I was like, this sucks. And he did come over once because I was like, it was like debilitating. Like I couldn't, like I was, I couldn't move. And oh, then, boy. yeah. And then even like this past Sunday, I had like real quick food poisoning. And I just puked, and I just was like, oh. And I was like, no, I can do this. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm fine, I did it. I did it. I was fine this by is myself. The in, that's a great scene in your movie. <laughs> yes, is what, you're me puking. puking beats up, so it and, just looks like blood. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm dying. No, I had beats. Yeah. I had beats. I'm Food not dying. For a, a vampire. <laughs> yes, yes. But those, it's like those moments that you you get through the first. Whatever, Christmas, the first things, they get through all those big things, and now, and it's like, okay, it's like that year. So it's been like a, like a year yeah. of going through everything. And that self-reliance, it's good feelings. I, you're, you made me remember, I one time dated a woman, and I lived in the same building as her. Uh, mm, tricky. It is tricky. And then we broke up once. We broke up a lot. And then I went down to my apartment, one floor down. So I was so close to where I just was, and when I was with her, I felt safe, and she kind of knew the city, and she was a very smart woman and knew how to take care of shit. Like, if you were mm-hmm. sick, she would, like, take care of you, just like you're saying. And it's, it was in L.A., and I remember going downstairs, and I was just standing there, no idea what to do with myself, and then I became pet- really scared that there would be an earthquake, because <laughs> she was the person that I was like, she'll know what to do, and then I was just alone, and I was like... What do I do? And then, but it's kind of like not having your phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you don't have your phone and you're like, shit, I'm meeting that person for lunch at this place. And just for a second, and then when you remember, it's on 6th. Yeah. I know how to get there. Yeah. But that's a beautiful, that's the beat puke moment where you go, I can do this. Yeah. If there's an earthquake, I'll stand in the door frame. Mm-hmm. What was I going to do with her? <laughs> yeah. But it's beautiful. Yeah, it feels and good. Sometimes like codependent relationships can make can trick you very easily into thinking you don't know which way is north without me. Yeah. That's a type of abuse that I've I've felt in my life yeah. in small doses. And I did rely on him for like a lot of stuff. Isn't it funny? Yeah. And you realize that you're like, oh fuck, he did this, he did that. But even your safety. He would do laundry if it got too piled up. Yeah. And now I'm just learning. It's like, but I can do this. You can, I can do, do laundry. This. I can do laundry. You can get Nyquil. You can you can mm-hmm. know that it's not blood you're vomiting. All that sort of mm-hmm. stuff because of the taste. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tastes like beets. And that's, and I, yeah. <laughs> it's probably good for any, so like in future relationships, which I, I, I this is one thing I was thinking the other day, I was like, I really look forward to falling in love again. It's yeah. going to be so nice. But that's, ooh, I, I love that for you because that is the next thing. Yeah. Is you go, life can be long enough to watch Rachel Dratch improvise and then later, all these years later, improvise with her. Uh-huh. And life can be long enough to have your heart broken, even though mutual, amicable, all that good stuff. Yeah. But your heart has an injury and then... When you're whatever age, falling in love again and mm-hmm. going, oh shit! Yeah, what a what a good feeling. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Yeah, it's great. Well, I will email you when I fall. In love again. <laughs> Just email me the word diarrhea, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll know. Oh my god! I'll know what it is. I can't wait to send that email. <laughs> Just all caps diarrhea. Have you gone out at all? Uh, I'm fine. I wouldn't answer. Like, uh, yeah. I won't answer that. Yeah. Just say that. I won't, I won't answer. answer that. I won't answer that. <laughs> but it, what, what I mean is you're not I, uh, like afraid. No, to no, 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 no. I'm not like, I can't do it. No, it's, I'm plenty of time has passed. Cause then there's a that, bad, oh, sorry. No. Yeah. Plenty of time has passed that. I, I think you can get into, I've seen, um, people just get into this thing of like, not allowing themselves to I ha- like live. Yeah, it's like my life. They let things tell them their life is over when it's not true. It's like my life is not over. Right. So it's yeah. That's all. Because again, there's the... I'm up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs> there's the bad sitting across from somebody and going this again. Mm-hmm. Where where are you from? <laughs> How many brothers and sisters do you have? Yeah. And then there's the good sitting across from somebody and going. Oh my God! Where are you from? Like, yeah, like, and you know it when it's in you. Yeah, and it's. I have no. Yeah, and in my head, I'm like, I have no expectations to be like the first person is going to yeah. be like, here we go, because that's not going to happen. Well, you need to remember, just gotta, live, just gotta live life. But that's the other thing is yeah. when I would be in a bad relationship, but I, I would always write future single Pete like a note, uh-huh. and I'd be like, dear future single Pete, like, please, like, FSP, I, I love you so much. I'm uh-huh. so jealous of you. And there's there's a good self-love opportunity to be like, I don't need anyone to do the laundry and I don't need yeah. anyone to complete me. Yeah. It, like I was always there. The thing that you thought you couldn't handle happened mm-hmm. and you handled it. Yeah. So now what? You thought who you were isn't who you were. You're this other thing and that's glorious. Yeah. So move, yeah. email me diarrhea. I'm going to email you diarrhea. <laughs> I hope I, you know what? Maybe I'll email it to you a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. You know? And I'll just be like, Fall in love. Shannon. Because I think that's a good lesson. Like, you can you can be in, like, I think when I was growing up, I was like, I don't understand. Like, I never understood my dad getting married all the times yeah. he did. And now I'm like, no, I see it. Yeah, relationships aren't summer forever, but I don't I don't think they are. No, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And that... There's so many people out there to have so many different experiences with. Right. Yeah. But then you really start to get, and we haven't talked about this, yeah. ownership and like mm-hmm. whoever was yours, your husband was never yours. That's, no. That was just an idea that is very sweet. It gets very toxic very quickly. That's mm-hmm. where codependence starts bleeding in. But you realize you were just you the whole time and mm-hmm. no one owned you. You were participating in a thing, like mm-hmm. we've been talking about, that you put value in, that you put reverence in. But the whole time you were you. Yeah. And you were completely free. And he was completely free. And nothing's really changed other than the parameters, the membranes right. we put around these things. We're now separate lives. But I wouldn't be surprised. What if, I mean, once you do that and you do that so fully and for so long, it would be normal to be like, or, what am I validating your feelings? I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if you were like, yeah, I'll, I'll be with you. And I'm not saying you're a swinger, but you're just kind of like, I'm not going to jump right into like 
come on and live with my dogs with me. No, no, no. My dogs <laughs> don't like people. So. Ah, so there you go. One of them likes people. One of them hates people. You got the guards like in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original. The, not the woman. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. Speaking of Neil Casey. Oh, boy. Yes. I'm looking forward to the new Ghostbusters. I am, too. It's going to be great. Fuck all you bros. Yeah. Bro haters. What are they called? It's like bro. Trump supporters. Yes, Trump supporters. <laughs> but the there's same, like, um, same people that hate Ghostbusters are also hoping America Good. I don't, is I don't think Trump again. supporters <laughs> deserve to see the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> How could it not be great? It's Paul Feig. Yeah. It's Katie Dippold. It's Kate, who? She wrote it? Katie Dippold wrote it. Is she a person we know? She's UCB. Uh, she wrote The Heat. Get out. Yeah. She wrote it. the um, movie that Amy, uh, the untitled mother-daughter movie, Amy Schumer, oh. is shooting now with Goldie Hawn. She's Amy shooting it right now? Yeah. She's like in Hawaii shooting it. Fun. Yeah. Very talented. She wrote for Parks and Rec. She's, yeah. I'm excited. But yeah. But uh, I ha- I ha- a lot of, I know some secrets of other people that are in it and I can't wait. In Ghostbusters? Yeah. Ooh, does it rhyme with smell smurry? I would never answer any question smell you ask me. Smurry. I, I don't even know what word that is. <laughs> uh, well, we covered love. You, you've listened to the show before. <laughs> yes. What do you think is the meaning of life? <laughs> Correct. The meaning of life is, um, is your own. You mean you make it? Yeah. You manufacture it. You, you, it's up to you. I don't, it could be for some people, it could be falling in love and creating. Um, more life and raising them to be good people. It could be living your life al- uh, by yourself mm-hmm. and creating art for future generations. With to, a wolf. With a wolf <laughs> for future generations to love. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah. I think you just have to search for what makes you happy and how you want to exist, and that is your that is your that is your meaning. Isn't that fun? I yeah. think that's beautifully put. Yeah, I don't want any. Yeah, to try and figure. You can't figure it out. You just got to be like, what do I want to do today? Yeah, also the meaning a... of life to me is like, man, like a fucking just laughing so hard uh, that you cry and can't control it. It's mm. spontaneously like leaving. If I like walk out of UCB, which is like just like a block away, the office is like I'm walking out and I run into somebody. And like, what are you doing? I was like, I was going to go home. What are you doing? They're like, yeah, I was going to go home. I was like, you want to go do something? It's like, yeah. And it's like, yes, this is great. It's like just those spontaneous being in the moment, mm-hmm. that energy that you can just like not – planning certain things you can plan but like yeah fearless fearless just be fearless yeah like bad shit's gonna happen and when it does you deal with it but don't worry about it happening yeah because if you worry then you're not gonna live life you can drive yourself crazy just going at some point someone's gonna ring my buzzer you can sit in your apartment and go someone's gonna ring it and it freak you out Yes. You can just relax. I used to worry about that, weirdly, because if I get packages, my they'll, they'll often buzz, and then my one dog goes insane Yeah, when my thing buzzes, and it's just like, it drives me nuts. Yeah. And then- Maybe um, that's why I'm into that, too, because Brody's bad with the buzz. Yeah, but eventually the doorman- I have, an, I have a doorman building. Boom. Boom. Garage. Queens. Garage. Owns it. Queens. Got it in the divorce. Owns it. Got it in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make you seem like the, the central single package that you are. Yes. Um, but but eventually the doorman, I think, realized, like, I wasn't – most of the time I'm not home when they're buzzing. Uh-huh. So now they don't ever buzz. So they just wait for me to walk in the door and they're like, oh, you have a package. I love it. Which saves me from that monster dog that barks like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. But yes, exactly. But I used to be like, oh, no, I know there's a package coming today. I have to intercept it before they buzz. What a strange example yeah. that I've chosen. <laughs> I know. It is. A barking dog that you can't tell to stop barking. Yeah. Is so I frustrating. Try, I give Brody a treat every time it, it rings now. So I'll get him to sit and I hold the treat until they come in. 
then I give it to him. And I'd like to think it works. Nothing works. No. <laughs> yeah. It'll calm him down sometimes. Sometimes he'll sit and wait for a treat when the bus Yeah. Comes. My one dog, Luce, used to be uh, very quiet. I'd come home. She'd be quiet. My husband would come home. She'd be quiet. And then we babysat a dog. Babysat. Dog sat sure, a dog. Dog sat a baby. That was a monster. And every time someone walked down the hallway, this dog would bark and just trained my dog, Luce, to then react that way. Uh, and it was a week, and I haven't... I can't break her of it. Oh, no. So I, they hear me coming down the hallway, and it's like, woo, 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 and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Have you tried lowering your ass into keg water? <sighs> uh, just showing the asshole, not the vagina. I did, <laughs> but then they just drank the water. <laughs> we had our asses washed on TV. Yes, we did. And Look at we that. And when we were done, I know. When we were done, I was like, we just washed our asses into these buckets, and then we just stood up, and I was like, what if there had been ever... shit on our ass? <laughs> I mean, there isn't. But you knew you that was going to happen, right? I did, of right. course. So, so I, I was I cleaned my asshole. Clean. Yes. Well, you never know. The ass no. is a mystery. I was worried. I was. I said to them, I was like, you guys are lucky I'm not on my period. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All sorts of wonders. All sorts of stuff. We're been. getting I was like, sprayed. That was on my period. It's been weird. But do you remember how cold that water it was? It was very cold. Do you want to know? Hard. Do you want to know why it was cold? Why? They had it packed in ice. They wanted it to be cold? Yes, it was a torture thing. Fucking classic Gethard show bullshit. Yeah. Gethard did not know. It was fucking Jersey Dave, who was one of the, the producer guys. Yeah. I was like, that water was not that cold in the rehearsal. I remember putting my hand on it. He's like, yeah, we had the pipes sitting on ice. Wow. Just so that we could get a reaction. And I was like, you Thanks, fucks. Jersey. You fucking fucks. You are fucking This fucks. is classic Gethard show <laughs> torture. I thought that show was going to be canceled. Because of, because of that censorship and practice, yeah. Nah, man, that yeah. show's the best. It is the best. Isn't it fun? Like you don't have to come on and like have any. You just get to be yourself. No, I love it. Yeah, I could have. I could have. Next time, if I get to do it again, I wanted to just even be weirder. I just yeah. always want to do the weird. There's no stuff. blue cards. It's like, oh well, you went to Europe recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. No, I think podcasting is influencing television, which yeah. is weird. You wouldn't think that that would be the case, but yeah. people have gotten a taste for things like this, and now they don't want anything. Yeah, honest. Else. It's like honesty. That's not this, but it's not factured like right. reality TV show. Right, right, right. Yep. It's like this is just a real conversation. That's it. And once you hear it, you know it, and then you're like, wait, I don't want, I don't want an anecdote. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. What about God? Any God? Do you have a God? I don't have a. I don't have a God. Um, I have, um, I think it's, and I, I'm not very, and listening to your podcast a lot, like I, I like wish I had time to do as much like research and reading that you do. Mm. And, um, I would like you to give me like one, one, I can't, you always mention so many people. So I want you to give me like one thing. <laughs> one thing. That I should to start with. Uh-huh. And then we'll see what happens. Cause I literally <laughs> just picked up a book for the first time in six months. Which one? Oh, not a book about this. Um, no, it's like a Pulitzer Prize winning novel book. So it's not, yeah. So it's just, and I still, like, I haven't read it in a week. And I'm like, and I have it in my bag, and I didn't read it on the way here. I was playing a game and listening to music. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just try to let, um, just like to remind, my, I guess it's kind of like what my meaning of life is. Like, that's my. Make it. Just, yeah, just be in the moment. Um, I believe in, you know, coincidence. Like, I think things happen for a reason. I believe in that stuff. Sometimes it's sometimes it doesn't. Not always, but you know, I like synchronicities when they just do pop up. I think mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, but yeah, I just like it's like just be happy. I have a friend Mike Kelton who always is just like he just talks about like good edge, good edge, and that's something that I want to make sure that I can give off as much 
Oh, good end. Good energy, but yeah. he calls it Enge. Yeah. He's like a catchphrase guy. Good Enge. Good Enge. And I like that. Yeah. I like that idea of like, let's just put out like, yeah, my God is like, just like being around people that can give me good energy. Yeah. And that I can give to them. But also like, you wouldn't, people that know me wouldn't be like, oh, Shannon's not like, I'm like someone that sees me like, hey, good Enge, good Enge. Yeah. Like, I don't think every time I walk in a room, people are like, Shannon's here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends on the person. Yeah. Um. Uh, but there's something improv about that, like trying to stay in a pocket, trying to stay in a flow yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I find the more good end and more flowy I feel, the more serendipities either I'm noticing because mm-hmm. I have the space to find them or see them or whatever. Yeah. But I'm into that good end stuff. Yeah. And there's no downside to it. No, how can there be? Right? Mm-mm. It's just a little thing you're doing. Unless you're like, yeah. I was going to say like if you're using drugs to get that good end all the time, that can be a little... Use it for fun, recreationally. It's a sometimes food. It's a sometimes food. Drugs are a sometimes food. Yeah. But you want to be able to, yeah, get that natural, organic, in the moment stuff. Yeah. I can dig it. And yeah. w- a death over? Death over? Do you think when you die, you're gone? No. I think oh, I fun. think I think there's something that has to remain. Yeah. I don't, yeah. There's got to be something. How can it not be a twist ending? Uh, yeah, there's got to be a twist ending. I don't know that I, I know what it is. Yeah. But it seems odd to me to just go away. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in the um, reincarnation. Sure. Um, but I, yeah, I like to imagine, I mean, I do imagine like when my, my friend passed away, we put on uh, a huge comedy show for him, mm. and it was because uh, his his wife was like, he doesn't want a funeral. He didn't. He wasn't like into God or religion. He wants like you have to put on a comedy show for him. So we put on. I shut because I have power. So Chelsea got shut down for a night, mm-hmm. and we put on a, a big comedy show. It was like four hours long, and so and it was like so many people wanted to go to be a part of it that we did like sections. Hmm. It was like you're a VIP. You stay for the entire time. It's like you people are here for part one. You leave. Part two. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I really think he was there watching. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, Seeing. Yeah. I was like, he's here. He gets to see how much he was loved and that we're taking care of his wife, Julie. Yeah. Yeah. This was the improviser fella? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't remember his name. Timmy Wood. Timmy Wood. Yes. I was shocked because I saw it on Facebook and then I was like, I don't know why I never met Timmy Wood. He, I mean, he was here... Um, he was at UCB like maybe like the past six years, uh-huh. so you might not have, have. We just didn't time out. Yeah, and UCB is it is such a it is such a large community. I mean, we have like two theaters, there's so many students. Yeah, and there are like when I send out emails to performers, it's like over it's like 340 people that I'm like emailing stuff wow. about. You know, so like Timmy is one of those, but he had such a but everyone knew Timmy. He had such a big heart, love like. Created like he would do community events like like a Christmas ex- like like Santa Secret Santa because yeah. it was like to make sure because so many people don't can't afford to go home so he's like I'm gonna make sure people have hmm. this thing of like oh we're gonna get gifts from each other so he like created these cool things and uh, so that's why I was like ever it was a huge effect on the community hmm. so he was so loved and so great and that's someone who it is like he was good eng yeah no that's so you what think I of got. him yeah. So that's why I like, uh, yeah. So funny that's what, obituary. Yes. He had, he had a very yeah, funny friends obituary. Friends wrote that. It was yeah. like, it was like, you guys write this obituary. Yeah. Asked three people to write it and got it in the New York Times, which yeah. cost money, but like that was taken care of. Yeah. And uh, very cool. And yeah. he loved ghosts. So I, Yes, so love ghost stories. So like, we do. It's like Timmy Wood the Ghost. Yeah, yeah. There's a chair that says, that has a plaque on it. 
at UCB. Yeah. It's a chair that was his. So it's now. You in mean the UC- he always sat there? Or it was no, his no, chair? it's his chair from his apartment. Oh, wow. So Julie, his wife, was like, got rid of a bunch of, like, gave a bunch of his stuff away. Mm. Um, she's a very strong woman. She just, she knows, she's like, Timmy would want, like, we always say Timmy would, as in, like, W O U L D. It's like, Timmy would want it this way. Yeah. He's like, kind of like, what would Jesus do? It's yeah. like, Timmy would want it this way. Oh, boy. Like, Timmy wouldn't, would want Julie to remember he loved her and they were great, but, like, not to, like, Clean. sit sit in the sorrow for too long. Like, yeah. she's allowed to grieve and all stuff. So, so his chair was brought to UCB Chelsea, and we have a plaque on it that says, mm. this chair is for, oh, man, I'm going to get it wrong. And I even came up with the phrase, this chair is for uh, chilling, smoking. This chair can only be used for chilling, smoking, and fucking. Oh. And then it's... Uh, and then it's just like signed Timmy Wood the ghost mm. so it's great so you can Chilling, see in there smoking or fucking yeah and we already said at the show we're like this chair's here till it breaks like we're not gonna hold on to it forever right if it gets broken we're not gonna be like we can't throw it out it's like we can we can toss it right yeah and right. put that plaque somewhere else so yeah so what I love about that is I also say like hey not everyone that dies at UCB is gonna get a show <laughs> ah, but Timmy he was be a, clear about that I gotta be very clear guys you right. die you're not all getting a show right but Timmy would deserve, like that was but they're he, those people that make the world go around yes he right. was and yep and that was like that's what it was like yeah we gotta celebrate this guy big time right so now when students come in and see that chair they can be like what's this Timmy Wood the ghost and they can be like oh let me tell you about Timmy Wood yeah he was this awesome guy and it's like kind of like that there's those people that can inspire after they pass. Right. And he's one of those guys that will totally. Right, right, right. It'll be like such positive. Become a symbol. Yeah, become a symbol. Yeah. Yeah, become a symbol. Yeah. So. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, He seemed like a very fearless person. Yeah. You know, it, the, the people that are like, let's go, let's do it. I, exactly. I did not know this person, but I'm saying yes. based on the descriptions I yes. read. Yes, yes. Yeah. And those people make the world go around. They do. There's lots of different types. These are the people that get shows. I always mm-hmm. tell Valerie that she's the type of person that makes the world go around. There's this supportive – you were talking about being good at layups and, and not necessarily – I'm a look at me mm-hmm. and Valerie is an I see you. That's mm-hmm. how I like to put it. And I see – it sounds like I'm saying she's boring. It's the complete opposite. These – as you know, as an improviser, these are the people – even calling them glue is so fucking degrading. It's not glue. It's the thing. It's It wouldn't exist without – the, the the editor, the structure, the person uh-huh. that sees the whole picture that makes it happen. Yeah. And then there's idiots like me that are doing globetrotter moves and trying <laughs> trying to get everyone to applaud my every bowel movement. Yeah. But then there's the the heart. Oh, the glue. Yeah. yeah. The glue yeah. is very important. There's yeah. a whole there's a show at UCB called Glue Bag that Sylvia Ozels puts together and she just she like gets the improvisers that are the glue. Yeah. They make oh mm. you're there's like cool, your ideas. Oh, it's like the MVP of glue. Yeah. It's like, yep, you're, they take these ideas and like, cool, I'm going to make this work. That's awesome. You look like a genius. You look like a genius because this glue is here yeah. to help you. And the glue is very aware that they're yeah. the glue and they're okay with being the glue. Yeah. But they're also very funny. Of course. Yeah. It's like the people that can understand what their strengths are mm-hmm. will be the most successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm glue. Yeah. Fucking be glue. Yeah, we need glue. We don't, we can't the's. all. You need a the for a sentence. Be a the. Oh my God! You do one word at a time stories. The one people, word story, and I got to tell them. Trying to be like boner, turd, titties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. vagina. How about silently? Can you give us an adverb? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Can you forget yourself for one second and, uh, and be a, a conjunction? Yeah, it's a good though. It's a good kind of like <laughs> test as a teacher. You get to see early on. Okay, that's what that per, that's what Johnny Milkshake. That's Johnny Milkshake is that type of 
improviser so you can fix it as soon as you can in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. good little tests that you have no they have no idea they're taking a test. That's right. But they're all taking a test. You're like cer- the CIA. Yeah, certain exercises, they're they're a test. Yeah. It's like what type of person are you? How do I have to now Where do I put you? Work with you yeah. to get you out of this. Right. Or use that as a strength but not all the time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, do you feel good? Do you want to answer the hardest laugh question? <laughs> have you ever can you, can you think of a time you laughed the hardest? Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, there's so many times. Three yeses. Yes, yes, yes. That's By the way, what you said yeah, about you when, when we're in pain and we have a laugh, it's just so essential. You oh, just made man. me remember when I was grieving and then you'd see a show and you're like, oh, that's what this is. Yeah. But <laughs> this also, is yeah. yanking people back yeah. into the membrane for a minute. And then the other, hard, the, other, but the other hard thing about that is anytime you're going through any kind of pain, whether it's divorce, death, you lose your job. Mm. That shit pops up in scenes mm-hmm. earlier and earlier. I remember when I first told, I think one of the first, uh, um, there was a show I, I think there was a show I did and uh, um, my ex-husband's still very, it's weird saying ex-husband because we're not divorced yet, but we're divorced. Whatever. So, yeah. So like, so he, Johnny Milkshake, <laughs> was still supportive. So he came to see a show and he didn't tell me. And that typical show, Johnny. typical Johnny Milkshake, <laughs> after like he just a show like, oh yeah, he like texted me. He's like, that was really funny. And I was like, oh, you came? I was like, that's so nice of you. Yeah. But in that, but it was, uh, but in that show, there was like a divorce scene mm. and he was even like, oh, I felt so bad. Like that must've been so hard for you. I was like, but you know what? I was like, but that is, that's what, I'm, I'm going to be so killer and awesome at divorce scenes now. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Because uh, I know what it is. I can bring up specifics about it because that's, that's what, what makes is. you a good improviser is those right. life experiences. I remember in Gethard's class <coughs> when I was going through a divorce and nobody even knew I was still wearing my ring and everything. And I would do all these scenes and they were all about like being lost in the woods or being isolated and afraid. All my initiations were like, I don't think we're going to find our way back to the camp. And they'd be funny scenes, but they were all like these metaphors for how I was feeling. Yeah. I'm sure Gethard was like, huh. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on yeah. with Pete? And I would never bring it up, but like in Stepfathers, my fri- my team that we perform Friday nights, um, one of the f- I was like that that thing like there was the divorce scene. I was like, oh, I can handle this. This is fine. And then the night I finally told everyone, I was about to tell Stepfathers one week, and then my friend Sylvia was like, "Hey guys, um, I'm pregnant," and I was like, "Can't tell them tonight because she just gave us great news." I was like, yeah. "I can't be a downer." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I waited till the next week where a couple people had already known because I had uh, just in conversation had told them. And so I was like, hey, just so you guys know, like, uh, I'm going through a divorce. Like, I'm getting divorced. Sure. Um, I'm fine. It's cool. The team is called the Stepfathers. The Stepfathers. No. We're all about <laughs> divorce. The Stepfathers. <laughs> and my one friend, Don Finelli, it affected him so hard. It was so sweet. Mm. It was so sweet. Like, I was like, I had to hug him and comfort him. And I was like, it's going to be okay. Oh. Uh, but that night, the suggestion was, um, and this was December. 11th of 2015 because I remember specifically that night the suggestion the first suggestion was anniversary oh boy and that Sunday was like my wedding anniversary it would be like the first wedding anniversary you have to get through chills so it was but it was an amazing show because I was like got it that shit (laughs) kind of like it's like great in a way you're helping me remember that in that time in my life I did like ASCAT or something and someone would say divorce yeah like just like you can't avoid it excuse me like like they didn't know. Are you tapping my phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's that's that sort of weird 
Yeah. Satendipity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that should be the uh, – that's a that's great the name advice of column. <laughs> advice column. Satendipity. So yeah. that's oh, lovely. But the hardest time I've yes. laughed. Yes. Uh, so many times. But the one time I always remember is one of those that doesn't make sense was because uh, it was – the hardest times with laughter are often so organic and and uh, often not like honestly funny. It's mm-hmm. not like a joke you can repeat. Mm-hmm. But we were in a a um, Herald team rehearsal. It was always Sundays three to six, and it was my mailer demon. Was it mailer demon, or was it Fwand? I can't remember which team it was. And uh, but Gabrus, John Gabrus, yeah, Johnny Gabe, one of the funny number one. Fuck boy, John Gabrus. John Gabrus, very funny. Um, Said the N-word in the first 30 seconds of his You Made It Weird. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You can't not not say it. (laughs) That guy, I love that guy. (laughs) He was saying it in a bed. I don't have to say that. I know, I know, I know. And afterwards I I was like, do you want me to edit that out? He was like, I don't care. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unapologetic. It was a Star Wars bit. Yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, the shit he says is is just like uh, amazing. Yeah, he's so funny. Yes, but uh, he played Artie Lang in a table read for us, and he crushed it because Artie couldn't be there. Oh, I everybody bet. loved him. Everybody oh, loved him. Yeah, he's great. That yep. guy. Um, so we were in uh, in rehearsal, and it was like a little bit of like a. I guess we were, someone was setting up. I forget who the coach was. It might have been Gethard. It might have been a sub coach, and so, and they were setting up the next exercise. And our, another improviser, Matt Moses. Goes up behind Gabrus and just yanks on his shorts, and everything comes down. And we just see Gabrus's dick, dick and balls out. And we're all like, like, we're like, Moses, what did you think was going to happen? He's like, I didn't think it was all going to come down. I was just like tugging as a joke. And we're all just like on the floor. <laughs> laughing. It was like 15 minutes of laughter. Because, like, we're all looking at his dick, and it's what fine. Is he, what is he doing? Gabrus? Did he pull him up right no, away? No, he's just like, what the fuck? He didn't care. <laughs> Gabrus didn't. Come on, Gabrus. I've seen his dick, I've seen his balls many times since yeah, then, and probably yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. care. Like, he did a yeah. whole show where his dick was out. I really? Think. Or, like, at the end of it, uh, like a sketch show with him and Justin Tyler. And it was just, so you're just like, how do we, What? Just laughing yes. on the floor, yes. like, oh, fetal position. Yes. And, like, you, like, afterwards, people were like, what happened in there? Because right. they heard the screams. Sure. The, and I have a very, um, I've since, like, ta- like tamed my, uh, we both have very loud laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have, like, I have, like, I have, when if it's, if it's, like, funny, I am just, I cackle <laughs> and I scream. And I've since just had to, like, pull back because I don't want to be a distraction when because I watch a lot of shows at UCB. So sure. I, like, I got to, like. Hold it back, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. it was. Ins- it was just like this. It was insane, and it was so funny. I love it. It was. This the, is what yeah. it feels like to have a dick. By the way, you do that to a lady, people are just like, "I will chisel it," you know, like make like out of marble. <laughs> it's like it's lovely and streamlined. <coughs> Big fat guy dick. Oh man, <laughs> so fu- and it's like I I know the room it was in. I know where Gabrus was standing. Like I can see his dick. Yep. It might not be perfect. A perfect image. Was I'm like, picturing I see it a, very vividly. Yeah, I can see it. Shorts are down. Yep. His like shirt is just. Yeah. <laughs> like shirt is a little polo shirt, pink polo shirt. Ah, <laughs> uh, so funny. <laughs> it was the best. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, and that also like we did, and we were such a tight team. It was like, 
It didn't matter. We were of course. Like, no one was like, oh my god, um, right. I have to talk to someone about this. Right, right, right. It was Isn't just that like funny. Holy shit! It gets back to that like almost tribal level where it's like, yes. yeah, we saw his dick. Yeah, we see his emotional dick yeah. every day. And that was like a team, and like the team after that, I turned into mm. like Gabrus. I'm pretty sure Gabrus has touched my tits several times in scenes. And I would be, and because he'd be like, I'm going to touch those titties. And I was like, I know you are. And he would just like grab them. And I think you'd have to be like in class. Okay, so Shannon and Gabrus. So Gabrus is allowed to grab Shannon's tits because she has given him consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he knows in a show, he can grab her tits. Right. It's not, you know, but like in class. Right. Don't do it. Right, right, right. There's like this consent, weird consent yep. you can give to each other. It's That's like beautiful. Uh, brothers or something. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Non-sexual titty consent. Yes, yes, I, exactly. I, I regret saying titty, but yes. Yes. <laughs> I think titty is a great word. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it. All right. You keep getting that nod like we've been talking for four hours? No, that was the two. I got a 90 mark, and now I got a two hour. Wow, I made it to two hours. I made it to two hours. Ooh, oh, I hope people that don't list. make it to two hours. Oh, I don't know. That's no, I don't sad. want people to feel sad. Sometimes I worry, but sometimes it just wraps up. But sometimes you probably also have people that have to be somewhere. No. Or you have to be somewhere. No. Or do you try and give yourself? Usually it's the only thing I have to do in a day. That's good. <laughs> That's where you get like the... Really long ones. Yeah. But this was great. Yeah. I feel good. You made it, Bucket List. I'm honored that you are aware of the show and that you came in. Oh, great show. I love listening to it. Oh, thank you. It's so cool to hear different, yeah, because you're a different side of people. Right? Yeah. I think we got, I know we got there. I love this. Yeah. So would you grace us with a keep it crispy, Shannon? Can, I say, one, can I say one more thing? You may. Keep it crispy. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you tricked me. I did. You used the trick. Keep it crispy. How's your car? My car is great. I got it. It's got 20 miles of gas left in it, but I can. That's fine. I'll fill it up later. Third, more water. We started with water. We end with water. Oh man! Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.